Bang bang. Welcome to the potty is brought to you by Bet with Joel. Bet with Joel is the best in sports betting advice. Now, right now we've got coronavirus taking over. All right, so there's no sports. Now I'm sure Bet with Joel or Joel Joel Williams. I'm sure Joel did a risk assessment before starting his business of Bet with Joel, and I'm sure that the that there was one thing on that risk assessment that actually well, when I say on there, it wasn't on there at all. And that was sports will cease to exist. So right now, all subscriptions have been suspended. But I'll tell you this, I'm on that black subscription. And when, when sports was on, bro, I was getting paper, dude. We're out there getting paper. You feel me? So you don't need to sign up now because there's actually, it's all suspended. But when you do, dude. I would be getting that black package, bruh. You, hey, Joel, Joel shoots you an email, tells you what bets to take, which bookmakers to take him at, how many units of your bankroll to spend, and why he thinks he's got the edge on that bet. Think about that. That's the best advice. That's as much information as you fucking need. So when sports come back, go to betwithjoel.com slash ref, that's R-E-F, slash welcome to the potty. Enter promo code potty exclusive 50. That's potty exclusive five zero for 50% off your first week subscription. There's no lock-in subscription. You can leave whenever you want. Now, why would you leave? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you like extra money? Then what you leaving for, Duke? You feel me? Betwithjoel.com slash ref slash welcome to the potty. Enter promo code potty exclusive 50 for 50% off your first purchase. Welcome to the body. Well... I meant potty, but I said body. And why did I say that? That's a Freudian slip, son. And I said it because we've got another sponsor for the show called Phoenix Fitness. You know, so if you need some some protein, bruh, some supplements, you know, you need some, you know, some test, some of that testosterone, bruh, you can fucking go on. Well, maybe not testosterone. Maybe they probably don't want me to even say that. Um, but you, you can get some fucking... You can get some, you know, hair and skin gummies. And they're not made out of hair and skin, but they're good for your hair and skin. But you can get, um, you know, creatine or creatine. Uh, you can get protein. Um, you can get all types of teens. Uh, and it's good, bro. It's good for your body. And, you know, I've been sitting here saying, oh, remember so-and-so from high school? She used to be hot. And then you look at me, bruh, and I used to be an athlete. Now I got a beer gut. So now I'm doing Phoenix Fitness and I'm taking supplements and shit to try and get my, my shit together. You feel me? Now the link is complicated. So just check the episode description and the links in there. Click on that and you're going to get 15% off anything you order. 15% off anything you order if you click my link in the episode description. One more way to support the Welcome to the Potty podcast is just to go to the Welcome to the Potty website, welcometothepotty.com slash store and order yourself a Welcome to the Potty unsourced t-shirt. And these t-shirts, dude, they're soft as room temperature butter. These t-shirts, bruh, I mean, I've I've eaten cotton candy that, that felt harder than this shit. You feel me? So welcometothepotty.com slash store. 5% of all purchases go to a nominated charity each month. And you know what? With that, let's start the motherfucking show. Welcome to the potty. 
Welcome to the party. Welcome, baby. Welcome, baby. Welcome, baby. Welcome, welcome to the party. Welcome, baby. Party bung bung! It's your man Claytron, aka the big boss man, aka the clumsy jeweler, cause I'm always dropping gems. AKA the milkman, cause I always deliver. AKA the PhD of podcast and Magnum PI podcast and the captain. And we're here today with Dusty Lee Stevenson, aka the the best hair in the Adelaide music scene. <laughs> I'm wearing a hat, man. You can't you can't riff me like that. I'm not, I'm not living up to it right now. Yeah, I need I need some nicknames. I just I kind of started to feel a little bit inferior than you. I've got about eight or nine up, shooting off all these nicknames, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, what? My name is a nickname. People Dusty. Like, yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, Dusty. So, what do you like to be called? I'm like, well, Dusty. Yeah. I only call <laughs> Dust, myself Dusty. The on D man. Sundays. If you call yourself the D man, you definitely come off like a bit of a toss up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm the D man. Big. My name's Dusty, but you can call me the D man. <laughs> Big D. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely can't do that one. Um, so last time you're on the show, I don't think like the show has transformed a little bit since then. Yeah. So I don't think we played a game for charity. No, no? I don't. Yeah, we just kind of. So know. so we'll do that today, and also, I didn't have guest of the year, so there's more riding on, on your performance now. Oh, what does the guest of the year get? Well, um, this year, well, okay, she won it last year, received her prize this year, she got a trophy. Cool. And a $100 donation to the charity of her choice. Oh, sweet. I yeah. like that. Um, and she was a late surge as well. So we had a, we had a leader at about 400 votes. Yeah. Um, which was 200 higher than the next. And then she came in in the last week and ended up with uh, about 3,800. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Is that a bit of cheeky, like, hey, send it around to the family? Well, you see, I'm no kind of tech guru, so I don't know how to limit workarounds and things like this. So I don't, I don't know what happened. Mm. There's no, well, I don't know how to check either. It All happened. I did was put a poll on and say, go for it. And we, and you remember Granny Flat, the high school band, of yes. course. But we used to always go and do these Battle of Bands competitions. Yeah. And, um. Did you ever go, did you ever do it at uh, Unibar? Yeah, we did, we did one of the band campus comps there. Yeah. We were just like, I don't know, we just, it got to a point where I was like, we've got to stop going in these just because, you know, we were the kids who were pretty good. Mm. And so then like, everyone, it got to a point where it's like, oh, that fucking band's here again, you know? Um, but anyway, the point is there were some of them where, where it, when it was like a crowd voted thing yeah, and you'd have like, you know, people rocking up, bringing their families or doing this or that. And there'd always be like a band, like a rock band, like that's all Italians or Greeks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. And it's at the Garb or something. And you yeah. know that like 80% of the crowd is their family. Yeah. <laughs> they would win every time. <laughs> I mean, they were often actually really freaking good. As too, long as so. they were good. Cause I wonder, yeah. I but wonder. it was, there was that thing of like, yeah, the, now the crowd's going to vote. It's like, wonder who they're going to vote. <laughs> no, it was a, uh, yeah, that's that thing. That's what I did for my first ever stand-up gig. Well, my first ever, I guess you wouldn't call it a gig. My first ever open mic. I had about twenty friends there. Rhino room or something. Uh, Rhino room. Cool. And um, like, it felt like I was killing, but it was my first ever set, so I probably wasn't. But like, definitely the biggest laughs of the night. But it's just because yeah, of like, got, like twenty friends. Yeah. And I thought about doing that once. I went to a. Uh, open mic night at Rider Room and a friend of mine Jimmy started doing them too another, yeah. another muso transitioning over I don't know if he's still been doing that what's his name? Um, Jimmy Megan is his name okay don't, um, yeah I don't know I just I think he just kind of got up and did a couple of mm. 
open mics. I think he did. It's pretty <laughs> common. I saw like him post about it or a photo or something. But I was I always had it, but I could I can't imagine being able to actually get like a like a bit together. You know, like a couple of minutes. It's very common to see people like maybe once or twice and never see him again. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's something for the bucket list and. Be pretty um, confronting. It is pretty. It is especially like doing it as much as I do. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit nights where you come home and you're just like, oh Christ, like what am I doing? <laughs> I guess that's the same as as anything that like any sort of oh sorry amateur so, out. Yep, already losing my points there for a <laughs> guest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Disqualified. Yeah, no, get out. I'm not even gonna put you on the website. Yeah, I think like for for musos and for actors, um, well, anyone in any sort of crit, like even if you're the person not actually performing, but like say writing for mm-hmm. know, Saturday Night Live or any sort of show that requires that sort of thing, you got to walk into a room and there'd be a round table of people and you got to present your, you got to explain and sell it, you know? Yeah. Like if you don't explain it well, so you could have like a joke that kills, like I guess the content behind it is hilarious and the way in which you've mapped it out is great. But if you don't execute it, in a way that gives it its full potential. It's like, I don't know, me singing a song flat or something. Yeah. It could be a wicked song, but if I've sung the whole song flat and my guitar's out of tune, it's not going to give the song the, the best chance of it yeah. coming across how it could. And is, so it, it's on how you feel in that moment, how you are able to... Is that kind of a thing? Oh, definitely. Yeah. How you feel is is huge. And then there shouldn't be an excuse like oh, I don't feel good I don't feel like happy today I shouldn't go do it right You there needs to be a part of you that can at least switch that off for your 5 or 10 minutes right like you you've got an organised gig and something happens it's not the end of the world like you've got to go play a gig yeah it's separate it's, of the gig yes. yeah so that's that's something that um, I guess yeah I mean coming from a sports background as well you've got to leave your shit off the court and come play and then deal with it afterwards it's just Similar to that, but um, I guess it's probably more emotional because like you're looking for that instant feedback and if yeah. you're not getting it, it's like you might not have all that energy and then to maybe give your first joke, get nothing, it's going to be hard to well, actually yeah, it, it will throw your rhythm off because yeah. you're kind of like, yeah, that's that's the bit that's going to reel them in. Yeah. Like you're kind of banking on that. <laughs> yeah. you know? And if it doesn't happen, I imagine that would that could easily just like... Because I know when, when, if I've been thrown at a gig and it could be something from like, you know, my fallback not working right or like there being a bit of feedback or, or me realizing that I can't like hear my guitar or something's gone wrong. A guitar pedal's, like, I don't know, if we're doing a song and the big moment comes up and then my guitar just cuts out and I realize oh. like there's like a faulty cable on my pedal board or something. And then i got to bend down and fix it and then, and, but it just, it throws you. And then yeah. it takes a couple of songs to get back into the rhythm again and, and be feeling good about it again. It wants I, think, a, I think I feel like the audience is the same too. They're still focused on what just happened for a little bit and you've got to get them past that as well. Yeah. What's a fallback? Is that like if you have a song that kind of flattens it out, you, you have a song that brings everything back, like sort of lifts the crowd? Is that what a fallback is? My way of dealing with it is just being super adaptable. So I, like for most of my gigs, I don't write set lists. Yep, okay. And, and I do just like read the read the crowd. For Wanderers gigs, we do... Well, I get half the time we're at set list, half the time we don't. We're, we're, we're touring. We kind of know what works at the beginning and in the middle and at the end. Like we know a good way to kind of build the set to be like, hey, here's something to ease you into what we do if you haven't heard us before. And, and you, yeah, get, okay. you get an idea. Like we kind of almost do like, we summarize our sound pretty early on. But we also 
write the first few songs in third gear maybe you know mm-hmm. so it's like it's cool enough people enjoy it but we're, we, it's not we, we never try to go run out on stage like yeah like, boom we're here it's kind of like no like we, we like to play it cool like we'll go out and do that thing so I think we've got a I think we've, that, we've been doing it that long that we kind of we do it in such a way that it's it's a pretty safe bet across all the audiences I think if there's if there are people there that don't know you going out with like full throttle can can too much. people yeah, yeah it's like it's way too much and by the by the end of our set when um you know then we've got the whole crowd singing along to every song and clapping and everyone in the band's playing louder and harder than we were at the beginning which is something no matter how professional you get no matter how long you've been doing it for you sound check there's no one in the room it's like okay cool and then you when you play that night even if you haven't turned your amps up which would piss off the sound guy you play louder and harder. You dig into your guitar harder. Yeah. The drummer's playing twice as loud. So it always happens that way. And so that dynamic shift is always occurring. I mean, if it doesn't, maybe it means we're not enjoying the gig that much. Yeah. But yeah, so that's all kind of happening by the end. And then you, you've got them all there with you by that point, usually. And do you play acoustic and electric? Sorry, my point is that if you, those songs that we do at the end, if, if we came out with them at the beginning, we would waste the potential of what those songs can do in regards to... Uh, the interaction with the audience mm, you know the songs that's... that we say for the end that's the stuff where it's like you know we the whole room kind of becomes connected yeah and the songs at the beginning are, are there I guess to try to start to tie that together to kind of weave weave our thing in with theirs and, yeah. and then by the end that's that's when you kill it you know I guess it would be similar with I think it might be it used to be similar so you would have a finishing joke which would be like your signature joke your huge well, that's what you're going on. But be, as our attention span dwindles, <laughs> people people are now putting their yeah. best stuff at the start of their specials. That's the bane of that's the bane of every yeah. industry's existence right now. Even like music and goes from releasing whole albums where you've you've got a concept and you know that that song fits within the context yes. of this whole piece of work that you've created. And now it's like, nah, just, I want a fucking three minute song on a Spotify playlist, yep. you know, and I'll hear it when I'm doing the dishes and it's like, yeah, obviously there's other people who, uh, who still think about music and yeah, like there's, there's purists in everything, but, um, yeah, I think the, the further along we get with this, you know, Instagramification where, you know, dude, people are scrolling past one minute videos cause they're too long. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you're going to get to the point. <laughs> yeah. But that's also, I mean, that also, to some extent, like, it's, that's like a really short version of what we would do in a set. Because as much as we, it's not like we come out with the slow stuff. We come out, we grab them. Mm. We want to grab their attention to hold them there so that we can get our point across at the end. I guess and I guess you can do that as a musician with each song. Yeah. You I mean, can start a song strong, then kind of come back out and then finish strong or whatever. Yeah. Where, and in these, in these short videos, they kind of have to do that too. Because yeah. like if, if, it's an avatar, if it's something, you want to grab them in the first two seconds because then your actual point to what you're trying to say or what you're trying to advertise or whatever is, is at the end of this 30-second yeah. video. It's like so, those old things where it was like, sex, now that I've got your attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that guy, what's that? Um, deodorant or whatever. Oh, Old Spice. Old Spice. Yeah, Terry Crews. And Terry Crews. I was listening. It was, uh, he was on Mark, Mark Maron's podcast. Yeah. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Just, I just, very interesting he's just such a strange cat that he's guy got, he's got an energy about him that's for sure yeah and yeah. he's like he's like for like half an hour of the podcast he was talking about like the worst thing he's ever done in his life which was like one time get a rub and tug yeah he got a rub and tug one time and didn't tell his wife for 10 years and 
you know, like that's that's a that's a bit shitty, but like it it would like tore him up like forever, mm. and it like changed his whole. I don't know, just hearing him going, oh, he's like this big, yeah, buff guy, and then he's talking about like uh, how sensitive he is to these kind of things, and I don't know, just, like I, didn't, I don't know, that, I didn't know that much about him. And was, first male to come out with the um, Me Too stuff, yeah, and he actually said in his interview he was talking about how because of his size and he's like this big black guy like angry looking dude yeah go help yourself um he he said like a lot of people black men in particular were um disappointed in him for coming out with the me too stuff saying like look at the size of you you can't get like sexually abused or anything you know because he got groped by his agent or whatever oh so he was sorry i thought yeah, when you said me too, I thought you meant he was coming out um, on the you on know, the bad kind of, side, kind of no, kind of with the with the women on that side. So you mean like he came out as a guy saying like yeah, like yeah, this yeah. happened to me, yeah, 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 gotcha. Um, and like yeah, all these guys were like, look at talk, the size. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and I was one of those people. I was like, I could get real Terry, you know? Yeah, like drop him. Look at the side. Like that's how I felt. <laughs> and then hearing him actually like articulate everything, I was like. I was very insensitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, um, I'm going to put that on silent. It's good to, um, to have that access, which you never really had before, like a long form interview through podcasting. It's yeah. It's good to see like celebrities and, um, public figures be able to like talk about these things at length. Yeah. And they have to, and they're, well, they're just riffing. Yeah. And you, that's when you don't see them. Like if you see them on a, on the tonight show or something, you know, they, they've, they've got bits. Yeah. They've planned their bits. It's like, Someone's really oh, I heard, I heard about this one time that you did that thing. And can yeah. you tell us about that? Yeah. Like, like, oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah. So last summer, you were busy. Yeah. <laughs> they want to know that they've, um, you know, that they're little bits that they know they're going to kill, that they're yeah. going to be good for ratings and stuff. Whereas with the podcast, it's like, I don't know, people just commit no matter what. Like, you know, you can just listen to a podcast and not have any idea who the person is. Yeah, for the just... most part. There's still some guarded people. And there's this show on YouTube called Hot Ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where That's they cool. eat these spicy chicken wings. I and saw the Russell Brand one. Yeah, I, there's a couple that... Machine Gun Kelly mm-hmm. and Margot Robbie were very, like, cool and, like, trying to, like... Uh, be their media personality and whatever but once it starts getting too hot they actually they break yeah themselves their real self comes out which i love like margot robbie was very calculated in her responses and then she started cursing and that's interesting because it's like you think about it as like maybe that's just their their quirk that they're trying to use to i don't know to propel their thing or to get more views or whatever Mm. i might have assumed that it's like oh essentially they're just doing an interview but they're adding chili in so that people can laugh at and people not being able to handle the spice, handle the spice. And I think but, that but is I didn't think the about idea, the fact, but yeah, but I didn't yeah. think about the fact that it would then expose them to this kind of vulnerability. Yeah, uh, this more human thing because they can't just be cool like they're actually. Yeah, <laughs> they're experiencing a real. Yeah, it's so good because there's no way to be cool while you're going through that. <laughs> it's just like some of the like people get up. Um, what's their name? Uh, she's from. Have you ever seen Parks and Rec? Yeah, the quiet, like dark. Oh, uh, or Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, she was on there. And she, I love her. She was in a. She's in the video clip for a, a Father John Misty song. Oh, okay. Yeah, called Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and that's right. Well, I'd seen her in a movie as well before that. 
something about the, the world ending or something. Mm. You know, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with she's, uh, she's great. Yeah, so she awesome. she didn't give a fuck. Like, she's really cool. She's like, um, sniffing milk milk through her nose and shit. Like, she 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 wasn't trying to be cool at all. Like, yeah, yeah. She's always. I love seeing her. Just like, there's compilation videos of her on YouTube where she just just fucking up. Um, hosts in, in oh hosts. yeah yeah there's uh, Bill Burr as well does a lot of that yeah but she, she does it just by even just like looking at someone like weird if they ask a dumb question yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she's so quiet like quietly she brutal like, destroy people yeah. yeah she's incredible it's cause like in the in the media it's all um, the questions are so basic and annoying like having you in here being like so did you know how young were you when you knew you were gonna be a musician and it's like ugh like, like the classic ones it's all uh, we still get it a lot because we're not like um you know famous or anything to a point where people are only asking about the current thing we're doing often mm. when we go on radio um like it happens more like, it doesn't happen as much in australia now but when we're overseas and it's like oh so tell us about your band like yeah. where, where'd you get your name from yeah you know <laughs> and community radio is the best because they just don't research and so if we're over somewhere touring or we're on a show and someone's a blah they need to have someone on an interview and we get on there somehow and they've kind of obliged and, and they've just not done research they're like literally like finding out who we are on air yeah you know? so the wanderers you know like they just like breathe into the mic through their nose in between <laughs> oh man it's amazing <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's just like, it's so, so annoying, um, man. It makes you not want to go back. <laughs> and we're doing an interview with 3D Radio and the, the chick who was interviewing us, this is at the old, they had this old, I don't know if you know 3D Radio, but they had an old building, I can't remember where it was, but you could see out to the road through the windows, like, smelt kind of weird in there. But it's awesome. I mean, 3D, 3D is a great thing, but it's like, yeah, it's just like that kind of kooky. And this is in Adelaide? Yeah, yeah, 3D Radio. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So And they've always su- supported, like, basically every band I've been in. Big okay. supporter of all the... Uh, they're the one station probably that across the whole, like, all the generations as well. Yeah. I think, like, Radio Adelaide's the uni station, the cool one, that, um like, those breakfast guys from Triple J came from... from oh, no, that was from Fresh, sorry. But yeah, Radio Adelaide, that's all that sort of thing. But 3D is just kind of across the spectrum. Mm. You can turn it on and it would just be white noise. Oh, really? Or like like experimental oh, okay. stuff. And then next time you could turn it on, it could be like Russian propaganda, you know. Right. <laughs> or it could be like K-pop. Or then you turn it on, it'd be like Al Green doing soul music or something. Really? Oh, okay. And, and so like local bands, it's just like, I mean, you, so have, to, you have to know what the shows are and when they are. But yeah. There's like a funny thing. I almost think there's like an audition process when they go in there. They go in and it's like, oh, cool. What's your radio voice? And if someone's like, hi, I'm, I'm John Bollinger. Welcome to uh, my radio show. They're like, no, 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 no. You need to take longer pauses, say um more often and breathe into the mic as loudly as you oh, can. Okay. Right? So it's it's almost... just like, just budget. Like... <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> sorry, indigestion. Um, um, we're, we're going to go into a song now. Like, seriously, it's so, I love, okay. I love listening to it. Oh, there's this chick who does a show called, um, the doo Hour. She's like German or something. Yeah. Austrian maybe. And she's always like, this is the doo Hour. Listen to the doo I love the doo This is a great doo song. And <laughs> she, she just says that a hundred times. But she loves it. And then she plays this music. She's just, she lo- she's so excited. Yeah. You know, and then you listen to the 
doo-wop music from the 50s and 60s or whatever. We had a lot of German She knows everything about doo-wop. At our high school. <laughs> we did. And I was friends with all of them. Did we have a sister school or something? No, it was... Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know why we ended up with so many exchange students. They must have had some kind of exchange program. Yeah. But all I, all I know is that the reason I ended up hanging out with a lot of them is because we uh, in... Do you remember Lydia? Lydia, yep. And Lydia Avonshine? Yeah. So she she came in, I guess, year 9 or 10 as an exchange student and just never left. Yeah. She stayed. She's... Yeah, I actually don't, I don't know what she's doing now, but... I think she married someone from our high school. Nah. No? Nah, she married this, like, a guy... From, I don't know, it was like a military guy or something. I'm, I'm not sure what she was doing. I saw it. She was living in Melbourne or something for a bit. And I mm. saw it years and years ago. But um, she was close with all of us in in our circle and so whenever exchange students would come to the school the principal would be like can you go and uh, you know look after them help out whatever so she yeah. would kind of be their person their go to so then every time an exchange student would come they'd be fresh from wherever come to the school Lydia brings them to our circle yeah right and so that's why we, we just always had this the most multicultural group we always had the core crew of like me and Josh and Camilla and Tommy, Tommy Red Tommy Red Ty all that sort of crew. So this is super, uh, super ins- yeah, inside, inside stuff. baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I get, the point. The point that's cool about it is that she brought all these people into our circle that otherwise mm. we wouldn't have. Because you don't kind of always know the the extensions. A lot of them keep to themselves. I mean, it depends where they come from. But yeah, you know, we ended up at one time. I think we had like a French guy, a Brazilian guy, two Brazilian girls, um, and a couple of Germans. Mm. I remember the French guy. Frenchy. Frenchy. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Bolland, right? Yes. Yeah, and it was I, Tim. I, um, I, I went and hung out with him, man, a while ago. I ran into him somewhere and he, yeah, I guess he remembered me. He was like... Well, what, in, in Australia? Yeah. Like probably, I reckon it was when I just got back from college. So around 2014-ish, I saw him. He's not been back since high school though. No? No. Nah. Maybe, maybe it was an English guy. <laughs> maybe... <laughs> maybe it was someone else honestly he's not been back maybe it was a prank maybe maybe I was getting pumped <laughs> maybe the guy just obliged and you know you were just like hey, no this guy you're just like hey man like I remember you. he's like yeah cool yeah no yeah I'm f-. he's not even French he's yeah like, <laughs> he's like oh yeah cool uh, <laughs> nah um yeah I was like I was in London and I had to go to I booked we, we had some shows in London and then I, we finished up. I, I booked my flight home from Berlin like two weeks later. And this is what I'm like. I just don't, I don't plan things mm-hmm. at all. And I kind of like, I kind of thrive in that. I kind of froth mm. like being overseas and not knowing where I'm going to sleep tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, the only difference is I've got like an expensive guitar with me and, and some other shit. But I like, all I knew is that I would end up in Berlin, but I didn't want to spend two weeks in Berlin. I wanted to, I had enough time to do something else. I yeah. put up a Facebook status. I was either going to go to France or Prague. Those were the two places I had in mind, but even maybe in Barcelona. But I think for like the money I had, it made sense to catch the train over to France or, or to fly to Prague and then catch a bus to Berlin from there. Mm-hmm. And I put up a status and me and Frenchie hadn't talked in forever. And he saw the status, wrote to me and said, dude, I'm staying in an apartment in Prague. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And this is like, he wrote to me like that night, I booked the flight, went to Prague the next morning and I stayed in Prague for a week 
for free in this dope apartment, like right in the middle of town near the bridge where they got the John Lennon picture and all. And uh, just because I posted a bloody Facebook status. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I got to catch up with a mate that I hadn't seen in 10 years. Yeah. And to see him, it's like in high school, he was this little shit. I'd be driving along, we'd go for a surf or something, and he'd be like flicking my indicators and hitting my buttons and steering my wheel just mm. like... And he was here to to primarily to, to experience the, the marijuana, the Mary Jane. Oh, okay. Going on. I think like, he's like, oh, I, go, I can come down here and like do the education thing, but he's super smart. Just like... Didn't need it. All right. Um, so he just wanted to get stoned. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was his thing. So he was just like partying and, and he kind of took us into his world a little bit like with that. But yeah, I just, then I thought, what's he going to do after he went back? And he's, he lived in India. He's like lived in America for a bit. He's lived everywhere. And now he's a like professional online poker player. <laughs> like he's just done all this shit and he's like fully enlightened and he's just experienced the world in so much other ways. Like he can still be a little turd if he wants to, yeah. but... But primarily, it was just like this, you don't see someone for 10 years, you barely speak to them, and you see them again, and then it's just like evolved to this uh, person that you never yeah. saw coming or whatever. And it, so was, it, was, it was really cool. It was like one of those times where it works out really well. And yeah. You don't see someone for... It's like if you haven't seen someone since high school, and then you see them, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I don't... You know, I'm just on the third missus now. Yeah, well, I have seen I've seen a lot of that. That's, that happens more yeah. often than not, and it's nice when it's... Yeah, when it's like, oh, yeah, no, I've lived, like, all over the world and yeah. I'm having the best life. And, you know, because he had some rough bits early on after he got back from Australia. So, I don't know, it was just, it was really random and it was awesome. Yeah. Do you have any roots over in um, Europe? Had a couple of roots. <laughs> <laughs> and how were they? <laughs> oh, been there a couple of times and I've been single each time so no um what was it oh yeah no so Scandinavian Scandinavian yes okay well probably the part of Europe I know the least about for uh in terms of follow-up questions <laughs> um no Danish so it's like Danish and uh Norwegian so I was just thinking in my head I was like is that a Viking I- country yeah, uh, yeah. So I was t- so Stephen Sen S E N the last three letters, as opposed to S O N, as it's normally spelled. So yep. um, the Sen I think is like their version of that. Yeah, little, like <laughs> you know Morgan what, my little Sen we should get like my little brother in here because <laughs> my little brother Casey is like a history buff. How old's he? Um, he's oh shit, twenty six. Sometimes I sometimes um when I hear little brother, I always think like you know he's twelve years old, but actually no, he's older than that. We keep getting older. Yeah, you, you get to a point where you just lose track. Mm. Like, I just see him. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's Casey. Like, it's Cody. It's mum and dad. And then after a while, it's like, man, well, everyone's probably got different ages now to, to when I last thought about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? You know, well, we don't really do birthdays in my family. It's just like, we do a happy birthday message or whatever. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll hang out a little bit. but it's, It uh, just gets like that as you get older. It just kind of means less and, you know. Another yeah. lap around the sun or whatever it is, or sun around, I don't even know. Well, until, until you realize, like, your little brother's got his license and mm. you know, that's going on, but... Yeah, I think mine... Now, Casey... There's in a few years. Oh, yeah? yeah. How old? They're, I think they're 13. Yeah. Yeah. Twins. Cool. Yeah. Right on. I think. Yeah, well... <laughs> See? It's fine, though. Yeah. It's, I, it's, you feel bad. Like, you say it, you feel a bit shit, but then you're like, oh, they probably don't know how old I am either, so... Yeah, oh, they, <laughs> they definitely don't know. 
so that's fine. It's it's easy it's easy for them to know my age because I'm thirty. It's just such a round number. It's like I turned thirty. It's like a big oh, it's thirty. Did you do a thirtieth? Uh, I can't I can't remember. <laughs> probably means I did. Yeah, and it was good. Probably most likely. Yeah. I um, I don't know, man. What did I do? I turned thirty. Oh no, I had a gig. Oh okay. Because this, I just don't think about this shit. Yeah. I, I had a gig booked. And I just invited everyone to my gig. <laughs> good way. Well, good It was way good, to... but I ended up working the whole time. So yeah. all my friends there, my mum brought out a cake. We had to cut it in a set break. Yeah. And then, you know, we're doing the cake and we're trying to make sure everyone's there and we could have a birthday. And then I didn't even have time to eat it. I had to go back on. How long, how long is like a typical Wanderers set? Like, Oh, this stuff, this is like me just on my own. Oh, okay. Most of the, I do. We don't, like with Wanderers, we, we tour and then we do nothing. Right. Well, we tour and then we work out the next move. Okay. We're just constantly playing chess. So, um, and then in between that, I do, yeah, six gigs a week or something. Yeah. Playing to the back of Damo and Cheryl's head at the, as they're they're betting on the GGs at the Bridgeway or something. Yeah. Um, So, and I do a lot of these gigs that I, I, the one, the venues I really like, I, I do post about and invite people along. But if you you do it too much, then then it looks like, sorry, but then it looks like you're like gigging all the time. Yeah. And then when Wanderers, actually do have a show in Adelaide and we're selling tickets and we've worked hard and we've made a new set and we've got a whole bunch of new songs we're working on an album all this stuff's going on uh, when that happens it's like that's when you want people to actually come so if I'm posting about all these gigs all the time mm. it's uh, it's not quite I don't know it doesn't make sense to me to do that it might kind of be detrimental to it I identify with that for sure yeah and it doesn't matter I get paid the same whether I you know yeah these, these pubs aren't booking me to bring in like they're booking me to supply entertainment for the punters and the the patrons that they already have so yeah and last time you said that you I mean you've got your songs like Wonderwall and Horses that you fucking <laughs> hate do you have any originals there's a new one of Wonder Horses Wonder Horses and that- it's basically you play the chords for Wonderwall and sing the horses over <laughs> So I that's that's how I kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, who gets mad at the Wonder Woman? Play Wonder Woman or horses. horses. I'm like, sure, I'll do them both in one. Yeah, watch this. Um, do you have any? I was I was thinking that too, and I forgot to mention. Oh man, I should I would have done that. Sorry. Do you do you have any originals of yours or of um uh the Wanderers that you are tired of playing? Uh yeah, there's there's one, there's one, and I <laughs> we just we just got a, we've got an ex band member, and um, there's some politics, and uh, you know we've got the song in like an SA tourism commercial, and it was, now we've got a, ah, it's political, but this so song, the the ex band member's trying to get a payday off that. Well, no, we're we're fine, we're fine with that. I, just, I probably shouldn't really go into it. Okay, but uh, yeah, we're fine with obviously paying what what's uh, yeah, but it's hard when you can't get in communi- in contact with someone and you're trying to get something over the line um so then you just kind of do it anyway and then, i don't know it's like a it's a weird thing it's like new territory for us so we're, we're kind of working it out but point is that song in your fire um i really loved it when we did it i still love i, I really like listening to it i think it's like a kind of reminds me of like a like Jimi hendrix meets like a soul kind of thing like a bit of our green kind of vibe mm. um but it's just it's just a bitch of a song to play <laughs> it's like we do it like, the, the vocals just jump up so high all the time oh, okay. and there's you know these really uh the guitar tones switch up a lot between like the the what i'm playing in the verse and the chorus and then the solo and so for me it's like i've got to do a lot 
when we do that song. And I know Matt, the drummer, hates playing it. So, oh, okay. But it's one of our most popular songs with the fans. So we, we, we actually didn't play it for about two years and we pulled it out. Pardon me. We actually opened our, our last Adelaide show with it. And, you know, we made it a bit different, added a different intro on it. There's ways of renewing it. Like, you don't have to just sit back and play that recorded version that you always did. You know? Yeah. It's like that we recorded it in a certain way and then we played it live with like a six piece band and all different kind of instrum- cool. instrumentation. Like we added synth lines and did all this kind of stuff. Um, there's ways of keeping it real. Do you guys ever like go into like a jazz sort of thing where you're all kind of just playing like, or is that just more you mean in like, private? Like you just sort of play off of each other. Is that more? Oh, like we do that every gig. Session? Oh, you do that. And, that and that comes into the flow of the set. So basically okay. the first half an hour or so of a Wanderers gig is pretty like organized, you know, like I don't even talk between the first three or four songs. Okay. Just bang. And Cause bang. I think that's good to just go straight yeah. in. And then, and then you, you, then you talk and you add a bit of humanity and you start to connect with, with people and you just ask how everyone's doing mm. you know bit of crowd work yeah but it's just, but it's not even work I actually want to know <laughs> I just want to see how everyone's feeling like I really do so it's not like it's not like a line I'm just chucking out mm. um, I'm, I just want to know if how everyone's feeling like uh, by their answer and by their excitement I can gauge how it's all going which helps me know what I need to do next mm. I think that's a more a subconscious thing but when I think about it that's probably what's going on yeah. Oh, is that not been recording? Um, it, it switches off at 30 minutes. Oh, right. Um, you just got to keep watching it. Yeah. So that's why I got the, the phone app, which is so useful. Yeah. You need like, it needs to like alarm you when it does. Probably can. I should, yeah, I should actually think about looking into that. But I used to like in a situation like this where the camera's over there, getting up can be disrupting. So I used to just film 30 minutes and then like put up highlights of the interview. Oh yeah, fair but enough. But now that I've got, I've found this app, I can um, I can keep it going and put yeah. a little, because uh, um, I've got all the, all the audio, obviously. So Wait, I can why put, can't you film more than 30 minutes? Because it's not a camcorder, it's a ah. DSLR. So apparently... What sort of phone do you have? You got a... That's an iPhone. Like 11 or something? 10? Uh, 10, I think. Wouldn't that be good enough? Just stick that up. Um, the audio, the audio is just... But then you link up the audio from there. Yeah, and that's... The speed of the audio on an iPhone... Well, the speed of the video on the iPhone is different to the sound... Really? The like, it yeah. slows down or something? So, I was spending hours editing the sound to get it the same speed as the video. No way. Like, cutting it and bringing it back. And so, I was like, fuck that, I need to get it. What? So, there's actually... It's actually a different speed. Like, a video. split second difference. Yeah, but you can't just, like, cut a second off at the start and shift it left? Nah. And the whole thing lines up? Nah. So, it, like... 10 minutes in, it'll just gradually, gradually get off. Scene. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was a fucking nightmare. So that's why I got <laughs> the camera and that's way better. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. I can't remember what I was talking about, but it's something to do with the gigs or the fucking. Um, oh, uh, humanity adding in, you, you go bang, 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 first three songs and then you sort of start talking Get the, yeah, but get it the vibe. you're asking about songs that we, yeah. So oh, yeah. Is there a song? Like, you've got your songs yeah, so that you hate. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. the point is. But, oh, yeah, I guess it's like with, with the gig, you can, it, it should be adaptable, I think. And it's, I was in another band where um, it was more, 
No, no, no. Like, we're, we're playing to a, like a click track. We had backing tracks. Like, each time we played that song, it was three minutes and 20 seconds or four minutes and 40 seconds. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's, it is, it's gridded, basically. And no, no one in the crowd knows that. We've got the laptops off to the side and we've got in-ears on and, and I'm not even hearing the click track, just the drummer is. But for me, it's like, I can't just turn around and go, oh, just... Just keep going. I'm, I'm digging this. I want, I'm with Wanderers. I can just, we can just start playing a song, and I can come in and sing whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. You know, okay. If That's I don't, cool. if if I don't feel like we've cooked up the right, the right vibe or the right energy yet, I'll wait till it settles before I start. And same thing with like guitar solos or keyboard solos. Whoever takes a solo, if I throw a solo over to Logan on keys or Jack on keys, um, and if they're cooking, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna turn around the guys and go keep going. Because, like, at the end of that section, we might have, like, a hit that happens, which brings us back into the other bit. Yeah. And if I let them know, like, no, nah, like, let's keep going, then they won't do that, and we'll just keep looping the same section. And that's the sort of shit that can happen in the moment that you can't do if you're, if you're kind of locked into the grid. Yeah. I, um, I came and saw you one time at the Grace Emily. This is probably a year ago. Um, was that The Wanderers there? Is that... Or is that just, like... I think it was like more... It was like an open mic. Oh, that was the open mic thing. Billy Bob's Barbecue Jam. Maybe. That was Billy Bob's Barbecue Jam, I think. That's the name of the band? Yeah. That was no, there? that's the night. Oh, okay. What was the band there? Was that the Wanderers? No, it's Barbecue Boys. So oh, it's, Barbecue it's, Boys. It's me and... Uh, it's like Billy Bob. Was there a guy with the cowboy hat kind of singing? Or? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then me and then... The, uh, harmonica. There was a harmonica there. Yeah, Steve. That's great, man. That that gig is like what uh, what keeps me playing like uh and getting better actually okay so when i write songs i'm i'm writing fucking songs i'm not trying to show off mm-hmm. i'm not trying to be like a sick guitarist because I, I don't know i think like joe satriani and dudes like that they've kind of already done that thing where you know it's like oh i'm gonna be as awesome as i can at guitar and also write my own songs but like that's how it's gonna be how do you? How do you? And that, that's cool, but it's not my thing. So you write a song. So like, it's like with your abilities, you can do this. Um, but it doesn't mean you need to, because art, the whole spectrum of art is whatever. So if you can do this real specific, if you've gotten to a level, it it actually enables you to then go back to any of the other levels mm. and like left, right, wherever you want. So there's no reason you have to be trying to hit your limits in every single song you do. And to write a good song, people don't want to hear you sitting there shredding. Yeah or whatever and so for me often I'll jump on an instrument I feel uncomfortable on or I'll put it in a tuning that's a bit weird so okay. all of my shapes go out the window that I remember and that's that's a way to kind of keep it interesting how do you how do you write a song do you in comedy you can either sort of let ideas come to you and write them as you have them or you can sit you can say like okay I'm going to write from 9 to 10 today and you sit down and you just fucking write and try and call shit well, how, how do you write a song in terms of the lyrics first and then tell me how do you write a riff that you're going to work with uh, it's it's different every time okay I did I wrote a song last night and then it's first time in a long time and we, we had a recording studio at my drummer's house and he went to London, he came back, he was in quarantine and, and then he, he, he's moved out. So all of that shit is now at my house mm. and our other friend Stefan as well. And so now I wake up and there's like an awesome recording studio at the back of my house. Only yeah. as of the last few days. That's sick. And so last night I'm like, well, like I put my daughter to sleep and 
and I went out the back there and I probably for a couple of hours was just kind of feeling my way around. It's been a while since I've worked with the software. And I came up with like a piano thing that I liked. So I came up with a drum loop. For me, yeah, uh, in short, music comes first for me. Mm-hmm. For some people, they'll be in the car. And this happens to me sometimes if I have like a melody or a lyric idea in the car, I might hear a whole song in my head and hear how it'll come together and I like just try to voice memo my ideas. Yeah, right. Um, but it could be a lyric or a melody. So if you've got a melody, do you do like say like do 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 into your phone like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and then I might even describe because I can hear what the chords are in my head. So I'll say, uh, you know, I'm hearing like G, B minor, F, uh, to C, suspended fourth to a, I don't know, whatever. Like, I, you know, I kind of see it that way and then I'll kind of sing the rhythm a little bit. I don't do that all the, I don't do that that much because I normally I can keep it in my head and then I get home and play it on guitar and actually put it in. Um, but for some people, they'll like write poems or lyrics. Mm. And then, so I think with, with that sort of stuff, that's probably like Bob Dylan, for example, it. where it's like really lyrically heavy. The music often, I mean, Bob Dylan's great because there's like a, there's a cross where the music was brilliant and also lyrically as well. Yeah. But you know, like if you listen to the band and how he plays, like it's pretty shit house. Um, but that's the whole point of the vibe. It's cool. And it's all about the lyrics and the story. Um, but when it's really great for me and what gets me really excited is when, when I'm in love with the song and then I realize the lyrics are awesome. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't listen to lyrics. Like I listen to them and I can sing along and then all of a sudden, like three years later, I'll go, it'll actually hit me what they're singing about. Mm. And I'll realize sometimes you realize the lyrics are shit house. <laughs> I've just been loving this song forever. Yeah. And then I, and then I'm like, Oh my God, what? Oh, you know, when I finally actually realize what they're singing about, it's just stupid. But more often than not, you realize these songs have so much more depth and intent behind what they're actually saying mm. that you didn't give them credit for because you're too busy listening to the drums or the guitar yep. or just loving the melodies and the, like I hear so much when I hear a song and that it's just funny that one of the last things I think about when I hear music is actually what they're singing about. And for other people, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, you know, for sure. And I know my, my, my baby mama, um, Emily, she, she's like a big lyric, but she'll hear the, the words and lyrics and that's, um, that's what she, you know, if something's good from there, I mean, she, she does love the sound of the melodies and that sort of stuff too, but she'll know. I could be like, oh, check out this song. It's great. And she'd be like, yeah, but what the fuck's he singing about? Like, it sounds cool, but... Yeah, right. Like, if the lyric's dumb, it ruins the song for her. Mm. And I think for, for a long time, I was still able to listen to songs with dumb lyrics just because I like the sound of them. But it's getting harder and harder to do. Yeah. The more I'm trying to write better lyrics as I go on as well. So My, my, my ear for music is sort of like a combination of that. I'm mostly a hip-hop guy. Mm. And a heavy... Heavy hip hop is really important to have good lyrical content. Oh yeah, but like then you've got songs that's like all ass and titties and bitches and and some some of those songs are fucking bangers, but some of them come out and it might it might have a cool sound, but the the words will throw me off and I'll just be like ah, oh, like this beat probably deserved more than that or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, because because there are songs that really are saying nothing that I love. So yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's okay have... for some songs to like, they don't all have to have some sort of, you know, depth no. in the content, you know, I mean, we can just fucking have those songs that are just good cause they are, but 
There's no longevity to those songs, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, some of them. I mean, if they if something is that feel good, like some of the songs can be, I guess the simple message at the end of it is, is it like good or is it, is it bad? Mm. <laughs> In terms of like like a like a club banger. Yeah. And at the know, end of the day, that, that might actually be about just slapping that ass. Yeah. You're like, oh, the message at the end of the day is, you know, maybe not something that's really going to stick around. Mm. Um, for if, if it's a simple song and the message is love in the, you know, in the most simple way, just all you need is love, right? That is the lyric. All you need is love. Yeah. The Beatles. That's simple. Just as simple as bitch slap that ass. Yeah. Right. But the message of all you need is love is substantially more profound and more relatable for everybody. Mm. So that'll stick around. Yeah. So it's not about the complexity. It's about what the message means, what's behind it. It doesn't matter how many words or how many metaphors or analogies were used to get to the point. I mean, some, think some people be... prefer more poetic ways of describing it. So it more infers what you're saying. Do you think that can be a, uh, a thing that young artists might try to do too much and it becomes too convoluted? Is like they think, oh, I've got to make this as complicated as possible or as, or as met- metaphorical as possible because that will be more... Well, it depends um, on the artist and if they can do it right. Yeah. I honestly think it's gone the opposite way and a lot of young artists these days do the exact opposite and they try to all sing about the same shit. I think, I think because you, people are just trying to go viral and yes. they're trying to follow trends. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and what it is is the appearance of wealth and success. Mm. So these guys... The appearance. Yes. yes. So these guys, <laughs> these guys who are still living at their fucking mum's house yep. are singing about their Maseratis. Yep that they don't own. They probably rent for a day so that they can shoot their video clip. Even your favorite, your favorite rapper does that, you know? Well, yeah, they don't, they don't own all those cars. <laughs> I know. But, but, the, but the young dudes with the colored teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the fucking face tats, man. Uh, they're not singing about anything. Nothing. And then you sound so odd when you say, oh, those, those mumble rappers. That's not music. Those bloody mumble rappers and they're, <laughs> you know, they're TikToking and they're flashbagging whatever they're doing. They're, so I don't understand it, but it is true. I don't. I don't understand it, man. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't either. No. It's like they just discovered a triplet, and it, in, you know, a triplet. It's like, no, oh, Common was doing that shit. It's fucking not original, but like for them, it's like the trap beat and then a triplet. Yeah. So I'm a gonna say like did. I'm a seminar, I'm a, I'm a seminar, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm doing a triple and you, I'm a mother impressed. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, it's like, dude, what are you, anyway, see, I start ranting like this. I'm thinking about being the, the, first, guys. the first ever mumble comic. Mumble comic. <laughs> <laughs> just get That'd up on great. stage and go, uh, hey, this punchline. And they've got that, <laughs> they've got that, <laughs> yeah. You're going to have that, <laughs> 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 Ad libs, ad libs became hot. So like, if you listen to back in the day with like Tupac and stuff, very few ad libs. Yeah. But now it's like, you record your song and then you listen to the song in your headphones and you just vibe out <laughs> and you just ah ah <laughs> every two seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that shit. So people are now known for their their ad libs. Yeah. Right. So uh, Sway Lee from Ray Shrummit. Yeah. Um, set You know that. No, no, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm so out of touch. But man. yeah, that's like yeah, that's like uh, his, and then Rick Ross. <gasps> that's right. Uh, Tiger. Ah. Oh, so, so he's got very ah. similar. 
but different. But so the thing is, like, as much as I'm getting all, like, you know, old man saying their shit ass, my little brother, Cody, is, is well into this sort of stuff. And, and I, I kind of lumped them all into the same bag. Um, and there is some of these, some of these guys that are pretty shit ass. Oh, yeah. But then there's some who have taken that sort of music and, and you listen to their flow and their phrasing. And when they sit, like, they're choosing whether they sit behind the beat or in front of the beat. Yeah. And, and then you realize, oh, no, he's, like, singing about some, mm. some real shit that they're experiencing. It's just that what they're experiencing is different to what I experienced or understand yeah. or whatever. And, and it is a culture where it's all of that stuff, you know, is more important to them. It does make more sense to them to actually the materialistic thing of how many followers you have or how popular are you, or, you know, to brag about that sort of thing. It is kind of the way that they beat their chests. Yeah. yeah, and like a lot, like hip hop is very nothing to something. I don't, I can't really speak on other music, but it probably is all the same. What you know, the, the struggling like, artist, you know. Man, but notorious yeah. PIG, like yeah, that's it's always nothing to something. So it's, it's all the Once you have something, I'm, I've got to tell you about it. Yeah. you know, um, but people, people start with that. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. I would rather hear a rapper be like. I'm at home in my mama house. Can I afford a foxtail now? Yeah. 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 I only got 200 followers on Twitter. Yeah. Can't even have toilet paper for the shitter. And that's where you get the artists that (laughs) are more respect, respectable, like J Cole and Kendrick. When they, when they were still young, they weren't really, they weren't doing that. And then they do it more as they get more, which makes sense. And you can appreciate it. But and it's, they, it's, still it's not, it's not all still... of the it's not all the content, you know, that's the yeah. thing. So when they when they do it, it's almost them like reiterating or reaffirming um, confidently that they can say the real shit that they are saying as yep. well. Because they're sort of saying, No, oh, hold on, this is where I'm at, so you can fucking listen to my other messages. Yeah. You know, it's like, like two parties. If I am gonna make political statements, you're gonna listen because this is yeah. I am King Kunta. Or yeah. Whatever, you know. Like, Tupac has... Brenda, Brenda's got a baby about a, a young mother who got raped and threw her baby in the trash. Very political and rough and emotional. And then he's got a song called... You Wonder Why They Call You Bitch. <laughs> so, he can do both. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favourite front man? Um... Changes. I really love Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age. Queens of the Stone Age. Just because uh, I think that, they were like um, huge during our high school days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think they're huge. They're still huge. They're still huge. I mean, th- there's a weird thing that happens where like these bands are like top of like they're the forefront of all these things at a, at a particular era, and then you stop hearing about them if if you're not if you don't follow their careers, mm. and so you just assume that they're not that big anymore. But they're selling. They're selling out bigger stadiums than they were when you were. Yeah. You know, it's like when when we're, during high school and they brought out that um, Songs of the Deaf record and they had that song No One Knows. That would be the one you'd know. It's like um, the chorus is like, and I realize you're my. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that song. Indeed. Yeah, that song, right? So that's kind of their, their big banger, big one for them. A fun story. Yes. Cheeky brag. <laughs> Just a, just a quick one. Humble brag. I, I did Humble a, brag alert. Uh, whop, just, whop, whop. 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 
did a gig. I had, I had a gig in Melbourne. I actually played guitar for. So in in the video clip for that Queens of Stone Age song, it's a real iconic looking clip, and you would have remembered seeing it on like video hits or whatever back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the guy in the video clip on bass, he was in the band for a, couple, uh, a few albums around then. Well, probably from the start of the band, I think Nick Oliveri. Oh well, I, I do recognize that He's got the long goatee like here, and he's bald. Okay. And playing bass like fucking right down there. But I played guitar for him when he had his Melbourne show at the Cherry Bar, and he never and I sang a few songs too, but he never um never plays no one knows yeah and that night when we were setting up to go out there i was like hey uh, i know it if you you know if you want to do no one knows he's like you know i haven't played that fucking song in 10 years but i feel like playing it tonight really <laughs> yeah so that's I, like i got to play the biggest ever like uh, their biggest hit that's dope and sang all the josh homie lines and where did you say it was little cherry bar in melbourne cherry bar on acdc land it's this dive bar that's crazy it's just like so much shit like They've moved it now, but yeah, I've had some. I've had some pretty wild times at Cherry Bar. It's yeah, like okay. a lot of shit goes down. Do you um? Do you travel interstate regularly, like for solo gig? Like you obviously no, around all, Adelaide to do a lot. Most of all the travel is for travels from time to time. I've booked for weddings and things like that interstate. Okay. Mostly it's it's been Wanderers or Skies, or my other band, Angels Gung Ho, like older band. But um, yeah, I've done yeah with those bands I've seen everywhere. So now it's kind of. You used to be like, oh, we're going to Melbourne, we're going to Sydney, or we're going to yeah. do this, and now it's like, oh, fuck. Got to, I've got to. <laughs> Instead of I yeah, get to, yeah. I got to. Yeah. The shows are still great, you know, it's still a good time, it's still great, but that, I guess that novelty of the travel, now now you start to be like, oh, well, you know, what hotel are we in? And yeah. Like, do we have separate rooms? And yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of over the whole sleeping on a mate's couch and bunking and, you know, hearing, hearing my bandmates fart in their sleep. It's kind of, uh, those days are gone. Mm. So it is pretty interesting like that. But I yeah, think no, that's that night was. I've, uh, I've still got to look forward to in my early days of comedy. I haven't, I haven't even gone. You got to do it. So. You got to do it. But that's the thing is, you don't want it to only be that. No, you want to evolve. Been, but I wouldn't want to steer around for. I'd like. I want. The, I want that struggle. I want the bullshit so touring. that I can appreciate the other shit. But I've been touring for like ten years. Yeah. Around Australia, and then four or five years, Europe and America yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's so dumb. And I went to Asia once too, but. So I always wonder about Asian gigs. Yeah. It was we were played in Singapore. Do they I get think. it? No. Well, yeah. I mean, they get it. I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this stuff without sounding yeah. racist or something. Oh you know? well. There's I mean, definitely a different way in which they communicate with music. This and is episode so two thirty two. It's, it's more like it's more like observational. On episode two thirty one, I was talking about. Um, how fat Rebel Wilson is and how she needs to sort her shit out. So we're not really worried about uh, about the content. Yeah. <laughs> I remember last time I was like ragging on Triple J and then, I was yeah. like, and then they never played my songs again. I was like, was that because that podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I tagged him in enough. I think they interact. All right, if you look at like, I mean, it's undoubtedly a, a difference in cultures. And if you look... Uh, like the Afri- African American culture, and if you look at like the New Zealanders as well, there's just this natural affinity to rhythm mm. and this understanding of melody and rhythm and time that's just ingrained in them. You know, even the ones that don't become singers can can whip out a harmony. Um, so even then, I say even the ones, and I'm like, is that? I don't know. Look, I'm just saying like the. It's problematic. Yeah, I'm, it's problematic. Shit, I'm, going, I'm going there. I'm going there. I don't know. I'm just worried. Yeah. I get like anxious when I'm talking about this shit. Getting cancelled. I'm saying nice time. things, but am I still saying the wrong nice things? 
<laughs> they, it just says they. It's like, <laughs> oh, I've, I just, I just got the episode title. Uh, getting cancelled on quarantine. That is fantastic. Getting cancelled on quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've got, I've got, I've got a few Kiwi friends, and all of them can have just the most silky voices you've ever heard. Mm. And there's always some good like, Kiwis on voice and, and stuff like yeah. And um, and with phrasing, I think that's the difference between like, um, that's why it is so bizarre when 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 like a white rapper that comes out that actually does have groove, you know. That's why I think it be- little because, dicky, yeah, little little dicky, but even like Eminem, like where he sat on the beat, the best. But because that is primarily an African American thing, like oh, yeah. that, that ability to actually, you know, like I think all the white. All the white boys, we, you know, we hear drums or we hear what, like, we have to really conscious, that's why punk music exists, because the fucking white dudes just can't slow down, they're like, I want to fucking go! You yeah, know, it's right. like, it's the only, that, that like, chill into the, to the backbeat, that's what makes hip-hop what it is. Just that, yo, and they can just, like, sit back in this groove no white dude could have ever come up with. They like, can, that's that's they not, that's not it, a fucking but, white dude thing. But they can try to emulate it over time, but it's not it, it's not a natural thing to actually sit. Yeah. Like there's this tempo, and a white guy's gonna be like, shout out like, to run, running off ahead. That's why you know at a lot of gigs I have to tell people not to clap on beat one and three. This uh, sorry, this is probably a good example of what I'm trying to say. If a song like if there's a, if a group like do 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 alright. Yeah. Mhm. Black audience. Ah. Yeah, two and four. Mm-hmm. White audience. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. just like <laughs> fucking getting up. <laughs> one and three. Yeah. So one and three. White audience. Two and four. Black audience. Right. Yeah. And you, you got to clap on two and four. If you at home, if you have any friends that clap on one and three, either like just stop being friends with them, or please like just make them see the. See the see the right way. Two, two and four, man. <laughs> their their lives will be so much better if they start clapping on two and four. One, two, three, four. This is I mean, that's the Instagram that's, clip right there. It's the most important message I could ever give anybody in life, and I'm a dad. And that'll be the first thing I teach Edda. I mean, I've taught her things. Well, <laughs> I saw, I saw her gig the other day. I've taught her a couple of things already, but I think once she can understand the point, I'm going to be like, no, you clap on two and four, or you're going to your room. You know. <laughs> Um, how are your dad jokes? Decent? Well, they've been, they've, they've, I've already, I've always had dad jokes, but mm. now I've got an excuse to have them. Yeah, okay. It's just, it, that's what's changed is that now when I say these jokes, people go, oh, no. Yeah. I get, I get that relief little, oh, you know. <laughs> He's forgiven. The raise of the eyebrows and the, yeah. okay, you know, well, of course he did, yeah. you know, I get that now. Yeah, well, that's all Whereas right. Whereas I never used to, I just used to be like, oh. I'm thinking about having a kid just for that. Yeah, just, it's really, really good. Like a license to say your dad jokes. Mm. It's great. There's an Adelaide comic who uh, is a father and he, he relishes the fact that he can say dad jokes on stage. And one of his jokes is about like how he bought a, a washing machine and he wanted to make sure it was a Bosch. No, that was the only thing he didn't care about um, energy or water just had to be a Bosch uh, so that when it beeped at him to take out the laundry he could say you're not the Bosch of me oh, <laughs> oh man you're not the Bosch of me now and you're 
not so big. Is that Malcolm in the Middle? Life is unfair. Man, that's a throwback. What's your favourite movie of all time? Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers? Yeah. Um, is that... and, and Wizard of Oz. And Wizard of Oz, okay. Wizard of Oz, understandable. Blue... Now, Blues Brothers, I feel like... I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do feel like I hated it. Well, John Goodman and um, no, that's Blues Brothers two thousand. Two thousand. That's that's shit. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's a terrible movie. Okay. No, the original Blues Brothers is like from the seventies and or late late seventies, early eighties. Okay. Don't quote me on this. I don't have the facts. Oh, it's all it's all unsourced here. Welcome to the Potty Podcast. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, but I um we don't fact check. No, I'm cool with that. So, which which means that whatever I say is a fact. Pre- uh, essentially. Basically, I'm Donald Trump right now. Mm. I'm doing well. It's great. I have the I have the best words. Uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous, tremendous. Tremendous. There's 15, and now there's there's more. Hold on, there's hold gonna on. be less. We just beat coronavirus. It's gone. <laughs> it's, it's gone. It's done. Go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. We. It's not gone. We need the one percent to come. <laughs> <laughs> when he there's there's so many just wild clips of that guy, but when he's when he's talking about like um, no groups larger than ten or That's whatever. The last time I ever do a Donald Trump, and there was about sixteen people in in the frame of the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. He's just out of his mind, dude. He's fucking. There's cool. no strategy or nothing, and like, oh, I think there is a strategy. The strategy is just bewilder the population. <laughs> Well, it is because confuse me to, to another to confuse vote. people divide everybody so then you've actually got a clear distinction between the classes because well not even the classes but just the the, the, the right and the left it's well, separating one. that yeah sure it's like separating the making it so blatantly obvious now because like if you want to be on Trump's team now you have to you have to be all in you have, oh, to, you have to just you have to watch him punch a baby in the face and then have him turn around and say, fake news. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I didn't punch the baby. The CNN just wanted you to The baby headbutted my fist. And then you've got to see that he did that with your own eyes and then be like... I agree. I, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. Fake news, you know? <laughs> like, you've got to be pretty loyal to stick, to stick with him right now. To say the least. <laughs> loyal or um, just, just in the deepest state of denial. I'd say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to be a politician and you're a Republican, you have no choice but to work for him and agree with him at this stage of your career. Bizarre. It's a, yeah, it's a strange time. It's like House of Cards. It, it, oh, I never it, saw it. It's, it's, and it, then it, once they got rid of Spacey, I was like, I don't know if I want to engage. No, I know. And then now you can't watch the, the, the episode, the, you can't watch the seasons with Kevin Spacey anymore either. Oh, they got rid of him. No, but the Me Too, the, the, he, he was, yeah, he was one of the more, on the more questionable end of, uh, well, of that whole thing. Yeah. His excuse was, I'm gay. Like that's his apology included his coming out statement. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just like de- deflecting. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, he, he was on the more questionable side of that. And you watch him and what he's done since and the content he's created. And it's like, uh, he didn't deal with that well. No, no, he no, didn't, no. He didn't like win anyone back over. I feel, I feel like someone like, like Louis C.K., you know, he kind of like retreated. He's kind of been able to, I don't know what your opinion on this is, but like for me, it's like I hear like he, he come back out and and for his thing, it, I don't know, he's kind of come out and been like, you know, what, what kind of year have you had? <laughs> yeah, I think, and then, I think with him, I, 
I think people are overreacting. Oh yeah. Well, he, I, from from what he's said, yeah. He asked for permission. What he did is disgusting and shouldn't be done. Mm. He asked for permission. He wasn't holding anybody there or whatever. They stayed that they could have left the room. It's fucked up. They've, other people have spoken about it in that way too. Um, yeah. This is the female comic that Sarah Silverman? Sarah Silverman yeah. best friends with him. So she said that he he asked her if he could well, she even said that she and she said no. But she said that she had a few times that she'd like, she said, you know, sometimes I'd, I saw an interview with her where she was oh, saying okay. it in such a way where she had obliged sometimes and she, like, they were that close where he had done that in front of her. Oh. And sometimes she was like, kind of up for it to, to see it go down and other times not. Like, she, oh, okay. she had this like relationship, on a, that is a thing. Like, and that's, she's so that's not me misquoting, that is a thing, there's a video of her talking about it. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, that's sourced. Yeah, and then you go and look it up, and it's just me wearing a wig, just going like, "Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm Sarah Silverman." I said, "It's just like, hey, uh, have you dated, know? dated? Yes, like tomorrow." Yeah. Do you know Tim and Eric? <laughs> no. No, they're these comedians with a large um, YouTube channel, and all of their shit—they intentionally make it look shitty, and it is just so funny. And that's what I'm picturing is like you being Sarah Silverman, like trying to pull it off as real, it just looks like shit. Just trying to make my just looks like just trying to make my, my fact from the podcast. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, my my opinion is like at this stage, like he should be allowed in clubs, and it, like he is. Yeah, but people. And I, I know we're in this age of let's cancel everybody and let's tweet out every fucking thought we have. I feel like have. things have simmered down a little bit. Every, like, not I, with him. No, no. I mean, I think, I don't know, well, he's coming back. I, he's, he's out doing shows again, touring. I'm, I've started watching some of the videos and seeing some of the conversations and I think there was, there's been a little bit less of that. I think like people have retreated from the hatred a little bit, like mm. with, with a lot of people. I mean, there's the ones, like obviously you Harvey Weinstein's and oh. I think Kevin Spacey, and some, some people like that, like they need to kind of remain blacklisted. But for some people, it's like the damage is done. You know, your career was fucked. You lost your family. You lost this and that. Like, you I've know, got one it's question. time to get back out on the road and do what you do. I've got yeah. one question about um, some of these, some of these things, right? Some of them, and this is not a rule. This is just an observation. Some of them seem like they, <clears throat> the accusations are coming from somebody who's saying, he knew that with his power, I had to say yes. But if yeah, I like, if I go on, if I go and ask a question, right? No matter how powerful I am, you still have the right to say no. And if you say yes because you feel threatened, isn't that on you? I didn't. If yeah. I didn't threat, if I didn't threaten you, if, only if I didn't threaten. Because then you say, where do you draw the line with that? Like you start like. You can't be arresting everybody who tries to assert their power and dominance in a way that manipulates other people. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the president, or they wouldn't have the president they've got over there. Yeah. Because um, that's all he's fucking done for his whole career. Yeah. You know, muscled people in and out of things. I mean, what's the difference between convincing, like, owning a church and convincing someone to give up their mortgage on their house to donate to your church so that you can buy a private jet? Then, then also... Joel Alstein. I don't know, but there's, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. And I just mean like that's, that's power, like power manipulation as a thing. Like sure. They're focusing on that. The element of it that could involve, um, sex. Yes. Something mm. that could involve sex, but that sex through power has always been a thing. And usually and I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, but it, it can go both ways where it can be like somebody doing it. Uh, like it can be the other person, like, so the powerful person and it could be the other person trying to be strategic mm. also. 
and it can go both ways. I'm not saying it did. That's not me by any means saying that in these cases, the women were strategically doing it and then they flipped on their positions. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. No, well, I don't no, think... I'm not, I'm not saying that. No, I'm I don't think, think you I think, are. I think, and I don't think that's what happened. But, you know, no, I think then there's, a, there's that part of my brain that's like, what about those fucked up people? And it could be a man, man or a woman or whatever, but there's always going to be fucked up people that exploit shit. And mm. when there's like a gap and there's like a moment that you can be like, Hey, like I did sleep with that person or this thing did happen. I'm like, I'm not saying that's the case, but fuck, people are fucked up. People and, are fucked up. And we can't just say like only, only, only men are fucked up. Like there's women, women can be fucked up. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this, this is, is the case with any of the ones that we've heard about, but it's, I'm just saying it is possible that someone could be like, there's an opportunity in this. And yeah, I can, you know, yeah. And, mean, and that's me not as not explicitly uh, saying there's no specific examples of me saying this as, it, as me uh, correcting something no. that's actually happened. But no, I'm just I think we can hypothetically both, it could happen. I think we can both agree <clears throat> that Weinstein is a piece of shit and he deserves what he gets. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, in the US, <laughs> in <careful>. the US, <laughs> they've got they've got the freedom of speech, right? Yeah. And he didn't say anything like hate speech or nothing like that. He said to somebody, well, to many bodies, um, well, if you suck my dick or if you sleep with me or if I can eat your pussy, you're going to get a part in this movie. Isn't that like soliciting though, which is illegal? And that, okay, yeah, well, that meant, yeah. That's, that's, tra- that's transactional. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And also... Or, or and I think he said things there, like, there, if you don't, I will... You'll never get a job in this town exactly, again. Exactly. Yeah. Like that. Well, it's, yeah. it's clearly, it's clearly That's threatening. Threatening. Yeah. And and he did. A, he did. I watched the doc, a doco on him recently, and he, he that guy was a fucking monster, man. Where is it? The doco. What's well, on YouTube? Oh, YouTube. Okay. There's a, there's a full doco on it, and the guy. Um, I'd like to see that. He's a fucking piece of shit, dude. The. Uh, and he looks like one too. Just the like journalist. The, is the journalist that exposed. Yeah, he looks how he is. Like, yeah. Just, just, <laughs> It looks, it looks like, like a number have six. Have you seen that movie uh, that David Bowie was in, The Labyrinth? No, I haven't seen that. Um, I've been told to see this. So <laughs> getting, he looks like one of the puppets from The Labyrinth or something. He's just like this. Just this oh, just piece of shit. You can just tell. Piece of shit. Mm. Like there's people who are good people but are unhealthy. Mm. And you look at them and you're like, you're like, an un, you know, like, you know, you're not fit. You're, you're, you're a bit clammy. You're, you're probably gray sooner than you should be. But that's not because you've been a piece of shit to people. Like, I feel like there's a different appearance when someone spent their life being a piece of shit. They kind of start to just look like they've been a piece of shit. And that other person... It happens to presidents, That other man. person who's just unhealthy and has a shit-ass diet and just doesn't look after themselves and has, like, a lot of anxieties and a lot mm. of their own, you know, their, their own worst enemy, like, they look like shit too, but not in the same way as that person who's actually been a piece of shit. Yeah, the, the unhealthy guy, see, the unhealthy the guy's a little bit salt and peppered and, like, so, like their body's a bit soft. Yeah, a bit but when you're, when you're a piece of shit, you actually look, you look <laughs> fucked up. You look like uh, Mr. Burns, you know? And then you got, you got, uh, oh, shit, where was I going? Sometimes, sometimes you forget. Sometimes yeah, you yeah. forget your keys and you go on. Sorry, no. man. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, that's good. But um, yeah, no, Weinstein's no good. That's, no, no, that's what. Oh, yeah. What we're really trying to say here is Weinstein is not no. So Louis, I I agree. I think I I did look into that because for me, when it when it happened, it it was like, you know, I, I was keeping up with a lot of what was going on, especially um, my ex partner Emily was, she's very um. 
yeah, she was very in touch with all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and making sure that I, but, but it got to a point where it's like, I, th- I think, and some people have spoken about that where it went from, you know, it's like Weinstein and Spacey and there was this hectic stuff. And then it's kind of like, gets to this period of like, oh, he's, he's touched my leg 10 years ago on a movie set or something. The Aziz Ansari and, shit. And it was kind that of... That was just a bad date. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of this... And then... So I'm like, well, at which point does it... There needs to be levels of things. I'm all about balance. That's, I'm, that's what 100%. I care about in life. That's life. And, that is life. And at one point, you kind of got to go, well, where, where does the punishment not fit the crime anymore? You know, like, wh- when does it deserve a mention? When does it deserve media attention? And when does it deserve to ruin... Like, when do they deserve to start losing jobs? I mean... What Kevin Hart lost the um, the Oscars the Oscars over tweets that he'd made ten years earlier that came up you know it's like they were there before he got offered I know yeah that's so the thing but he lost do your the fucking do gig. your fucking homework first yeah. and then if you don't want him don't offer him yeah. once you offer him don't say if you don't apologize we're not giving it to you funniest thing about that and I don't know if this is a race thing but funniest thing about that though is think of all the shit the Ricky Gervais has said over the years. About everyone ever, like yeah. no stone unturned. He doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't. I, I and how many times has he hosted the Oscars? Zero. He does the, um, oh, the Golden Globes. Sorry, the Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four or five, <laughs> maybe even. They yeah. just keep getting him back. Yeah, and everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, this was despicable. Every year, <laughs> every year <laughs> he comes back. But Kevin Hart has one like fucking two tweets or something from ten years ago. Doesn't get the gig. Do you do you know what the tweet was? Yeah, it's something. It was something about. It was so it, it was, was like a homosexual flag so or something. Clearly a joke, though. He said, "If my right. son told me he was gay, I'd break his dollhouse over his head." <laughs> hilarious. It's funny. Maybe not he's hilarious, but joking. it is funny and clearly a joke. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's like imagine like the the uh, he's been around that like the fucking industry he's in. It's just, yeah, and that's the there's, thing. There's they, no, you can't be homophobic in that industry. Yeah. So and obviously they, it's a joke, but you can't. You can't have your... I mean, that is stupid for him to tweet that because you can't... You know, not every... Like, people will You're read that... You're not allowed to rely on... People will read that literally... Like, I'm a comedian. Everything I say is a joke. You're not allowed to do that. But also, but the nuance that you might have if you were to say it. Like, if mm-hmm. you're on stage doing it in stand-up, it might clearly be a joke because of yeah. the way you said it. Yeah. Whereas you fucking tweet something and people look at each word and the spaces between and take it, like, so literally. Like, that's yeah. what was... Even so you can't just be like, fucking, clearly, I don't mean... Like, you can't put on a funny voice... Yeah, you know, you can't. but even in a comedy club, like the 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 culture or the climate we're in at the moment, people are so sensitive that you're watching somebody do twenty minutes of what we know are jokes, and you're gonna walk away offended. Yeah, and it's just like I could say, you know, I could say fifty things about you know white people, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, no, okay, let's say I've got a full black crowd, and then there's one white gay dude in there yeah and I say all this shit about black people and like oh it's just offensive it's so offensive but everyone's cracking up laughing I say one little joke about um no I don't even make a homosexual joke I just say like oh that's gay right that person's gonna get upset because that's the thing that resonates with them not all the stuff I said about black people yeah all the stuff I said about astronauts all the stuff I said about women but I said something about I said one comment about black yeah. person and I'm offensive. And that's that's what we're living in right now. Uh, but I think one difference is how you set yourself up as a comedian too. So like someone like Ricky Gervais, it's what he's always done. It's what people expect. Whereas Kevin mm. Hart's this shiny, shiny guy that... Does everything right. Does, you know, he's in the family movies and he's in the... He's done it all and he always does it right. Mm. And so 
I think maybe that's why is because people contextualize things with him differently. Yeah, but you're also you also think you're also what you're missing out on there is what you said before. The tweet was ten years old. So someone was like, Oh, Kevin Hart's hosting the Oscars, let's check all of his tweets for ten years <laughs> and see if we can find someone yeah. to Someone got really fucking bored, man. Yeah, let's see if we can find something to cancel. Someone him on. someone had a I reckon that if was... he was already if he was <laughs> he he got the Oscars job and then tweeted it, dumb move. Yeah, fuck done. him. Fuck off. Yeah. But someone made Ten an years. effort to find that, which that's is insane. that's the thing. Yeah. That's the that's the world we're living in is like I I consciously made the effort to del- there's some website you can go to and put a date in and it'll delete all your tweets from that date backwards. Right. And I did that because I just remember. I can't believe Kevin Hart didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you think I was you'd pretty think reckless with my Twitter? Yeah, you think it? I've never. Well, I guess you were. You spent well, you college, Five years, so yeah. you were over in America. So that was never a thing here, man. We, my band's got a Twitter, and I think the last post we did was like three years ago or something. You know. I'm gonna tweet at you guys right after this. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet us so hard. Yeah, I'm gonna tweet you guys so hard. Oh, you're my gonna, favorite you're gonna, song. You're gonna tweet yourself senseless. By the way, I I don't think I've heard any of your latest stuff but I still shit ass I still bang um two what's it called off my back oh yeah is that what it's called yeah it's the one that's that, a hit oh man <laughs> I still love that shit it's in yeah, my cool. it's in my uh, I've got I've got two playlists that I go to and one's called one's called yes and that's my party playlist Sorry. and um I've got a welcome to the potty playlist so all the music that I've used on the show yeah, and that right. was one of the songs. last time you were on the show I used that song yeah right on and um yeah that's oh, I love that song yeah we've had two since then yeah and that's what's weird now it's like it's been a long time we've put out two fucking songs how long do you once, once upon a time would have been like yeah we put out four albums <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but you're slow these days and we are slow I mean the other thing is that we're are you all from Adelaide uh, yeah, we're yeah. from Adelaide. So you've got the access. Yeah, we've got the access and we do a lot of stuff quick, but like the last few months, so we were in America in October mm. and we kind of got a thing going on over there. So we were meant to be... What's that? What's the thing? I don't know. I can't... It's a secret at the moment. Yeah, well, you don't want to say too much and ruin the juju or whatever, especially with what's going on. Like we could come to the other side of this and this thing mm. could just cease to exist entirely. Because I'd... of COVID? Yeah, well, because of all the businesses and everything's kind of going under, but yeah, an opportunity to 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 make to make our album there and um and just kind of refocus everything. Cool, man. And it's big stuff. It's it's a good opportunity. So I don't want to jinx it, but what was I going with that? What were we talking about? I was talking about uh, oh, once upon a time you could make all these albums four four albums, but you've made two songs since our last. Oh yeah, that's that's why. It's because we, we've been negotiating this thing for a few months. That's well, cool. Since October. And, and so we were doing recording and writing an album here. Mm. We've already kind of got half of it done. And then um, we put it on hold so that we could try and work this out. Cause then What's I'm, your job? That, cause it, but then I'm thinking like, are we going to then end up re-recording? Like I didn't want to record heaps of songs here mm. and then go and re-record all of them in Los Angeles, you know, so... Um, you want to use the songs that you've got no, I, wanna, I just don't want to keep. I just don't want to keep recording songs here if we're just going to end up retracking everything later. Could you make? Because basically, that's what it is. Like, it's an opportunity to 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 do the album elsewhere. Could you do the? Could you do like an EP here and then do an album? Well, yeah, we've we've worked out some other things, and and it's all kind of we're just talking about. Plan. I don't have any major announcements right now, except for the fact that we'll be releasing a song, a single in in the next month. Oh, nice one. 
Everyone but, but other than that, like, content we, right if now. we release another EP, it'll be... Well, we're, we're going to have heaps of other forms of content, and we're going to put up a Patreon, and there's going to be ways that people can um, access live concerts that we've done. We've got so such an archive full of stuff. We've recorded every Grace Emily gig, every Jive gig, festivals we've done around the country. Um, and, yeah, we've got all sorts of shit. We've got unreleased songs. So I was thinking about putting an EP up that people can only get through the Patreon... Mm. that's kind of the b-side like so, not b-sides but like songs that for whatever reason at the time didn't make the ep or didn't make whatever we've got all these songs kicking around that i'm like I still really like those songs they're good and we still play them live and i don't know if they'll make the album that, that we're doing so we might even put a little ep together of that stuff and the other thing is that we might put an ep together for for the other markets like if we're going over to tour america and do stuff in america kind of introduce ourselves instead of just waiting till we finish the album and then releasing that, like release something in the meantime, which might just mean repackaging stuff we've already done mm-hmm. here, like off my back. Other songs, what I do, make it on my own and, and a couple of other things. And then releasing that to the United States as an EP. As I said, this is all just like, it's, we're just shooting the shit at the moment. We're just kind of, we just talk every few days and we just go back to the drawing board and work out what we can do. And I think where we're at now is we're just going to keep writing songs and keep keep the album going and if eventually we have to go and re-record everything that's fine yeah but for now we'll just keep doing it as we were I think um, but yeah no the States was was pretty surreal I basically got sucked into I think I saw you at the Fringe Club one night yeah we, we were pretty pissed but that's why I might have told you a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. I might have t- tapped into it a little bit but uh, it was pretty awesome and I haven't really had it I haven't really told too many of the stories yet but yeah it was pretty it was pretty good it was my first time in America Oh, was it? It was my first time over there. Oh, shit. And basically in like, in February last year, I can't remember, at some point last year, I released this song with this, there's this Heinle Street Country Club, they're called, they do these like kind of covers that go up on the internet, they're getting a really good following now, but they shoot all their stuff in Adelaide, and I featured on one of the songs, and I wanted to do Betty Davis Eyes, do you know that song? Maybe. She's got Betty Davis Eyes, do 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 Nah, sorry. Great riff. Great riff. Kim Carnes. And it was a big song in the, in the like 1982, 1983 around there. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, she, they won some Grammys and you know, it's kind of a bit of a one hit wonder though, Kim. Okay. But anyway, I sang this song, just did a cover. It went up on the internet and the fucking guy who wrote and produced the track, Val Gray, his name is, and he like just Val Gray, Val Gray, like oh, G-A-R-A-Y. Gray, yeah. And he just slid into my DMs on Facebook. And, so, and it was literally, I got home from a big night out. It was like 6 a.m. I think I'd had a shower. I'd gone to bed. I'd been, it was February. I'd been at like Fringe last year, 2019. I soaked that shit up big time. It okay. was like Fringe Club every night. Just getting, it was pretty reckless. I like, wanted I to lost do a that lot this of, year, but I kept working. I shouldn't have worked. Yeah, well, this year years. I was real calm with it. But last year we, <laughs> I, I would hate to know how much money I spent over, <laughs> over the course of Fringe yeah. without actually going to any Fringe shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I got back and I'm in bed and I'm like going to sleep and then ding and I look over and this guy just writes to me. I can't I think the first thing he said was like, are you signed? Or what, who are you? What are you doing? Like, he, I'm like, oh, I Googled his name and it's, oh fuck, this is the Betty Davis Eyes guy. It's the guy who produced and wrote the song. And uh, he won, he's got three Grammys for that song. Wow. And literally just like, like, like it was. What like, DM, Insta DMs? No, Facebook. Facebook. He wasn't even my friend. I had to approve the... Because he's an old dude. That's why he's only got Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... he's, Yeah. He's he's definitely older. 
But, um, yeah, so we started chatting and then like I gave him my Skype name and then like chatting, it was cool. He was telling me some stuff about how they made the song and that kind of thing. And he was like, cool. I, I like what you do. Like, let's keep talking. I gave him my Skype name. Same thing happened a few days later. Another big fringe night. Same thing again, like 5am here. So I guess for him, it's like around midday or whatever over there. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then it's like my iPad makes a sound. I don't use Skype that much. Sound I've never heard. And I'm topless in bed. And I just roll over and half asleep, just answer the call. Yeah. And then I'm like, hey, I'm just like literally topless in bed. And there's that guy, full video in his studio, like Skyping me. And I'm like, hold on, man, can I put on some clothes? You know, I, I, yeah. And uh, so I got out of bed, put on some clothes. I sat there and we talked for a while. And then I think it was like the next day, because he was inviting me over to do some stuff at his studio. And I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to, I had some money. And I was like, I'm gonna just going to do it. I just went in. The travel agent and bought tickets to Los Angeles for October. I didn't know why. I was like, I'm just going to go in October. Just yeah. going to book the whole month. And I did. And there was other things that had gone on. Like we played with this other band, Calexico. And those guys wanted to do some work in Austin together. And um, and I've got some other friends over there in a band called Atlas Genius, who must be one of Adelaide's biggest exports that no one knows about. Okay. They had a song called Trojans that was on like FIFA 2000. And, 14 or something and they've been on they were on that's da- not easy they were on David Letterman before he finished up they've been on Kimmel Fallon like all the all the night shows and they've played Lollapalooza and Coachella and like all the different festivals like their their song Trojans was a proper like indie hit over there like wow huge Adelaide boys from Gorwa and so Gorwa yeah so they're friends of mine or Victor Harbour maybe I don't know same thing on that <laughs> but <laughs> But they're friends of mine, and, and so I'd been talking to Keith, the singer, and he said, I'm welcome to go and hang out with them. And they could, So they kind of gave me my, found, they know people there, they're mm. already in that scene, and they work with all these different cats. Um, so yeah, they were kind of showing me, me these people, he's like, oh, this is Brooklyn, there's a chick, Brooklyn Orman, who's like Cher's stepdaughter. Wow. She's uh, the daughter of Bro- uh, Greg Orman from Bank with the Orman Brothers. And I know like, the Orman Brothers. Yeah. The so, name of it, I don't know. Well, Greg Orman, the singer, I think, it's, is his daughter. And then I ended up writing like two or three songs with Brooklyn. Wow. And so we were doing... Because my point to go there, once I realized I had that connection with the Vow mm-hmm. guy, I was like, I want to go there. Networking. So for me, it was just one Facebook message. This is why it's serendipitous to, or just bizarre to me, is that this one Facebook message from this guy at 6 a.m. after a big fringe night led to my entire experience in LA mm. and LA basically the footnotes would be it like just started and I was real sick, but I was doing this writing and doing all this stuff. And then because I was going there, we ended up seeing our manager for Wanderers hooked up like a tour so that in the middle of my month away, I was meant to go alone, but I ended up doing my band in the, yeah. middle, in the middle of it for two weeks, which was great. Cause I couldn't organize myself for a month in America. Yeah. Like, okay. And I was really glad it worked out that yeah. way. We ended up going to San Fran toured. Toured to San Fran, New York, uh, Washington, Portland, Eugene. Oh, man. And then we came back down. Then we went to Dave Grohl's studio in um, in LA and went through and got the whole tour and checked all that stuff out. And this guy, this other guy, Martin Gigi, who's in the hills. And then when I saw the Val, that Val guy who'd been Skyping me, I like held his Grammys and I was checking all that shit out and we were hanging for a little bit. And then there was this other guy, Martin, was like, oh, come to this this all happened so quick and he's like oh my friend Robbie's doing a gig down the road come along I was like oh, okay cool I like go along I'm not even wearing shoes I have to like put them on and it's this resort that people take my car and I go in there by the way this night I had $40 in my bank account and I didn't know where I was going I was just going to sleep in my hire car yeah and 
his friend Robbie was Robbie Krieger from The Doors, the guitarist of The Doors. And I didn't know that. And I walked in and it was, and it was like the first guy I met was Patrick Warburton. Who's like... Why do I know that name? He's Putty in Seinfeld. If you remember the episode with the guy that like... Oh, oh, I love him. Yeah. Putty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And I was like kicking it with him and then I'm talking to him, but then I get distracted. Ted, he's in Ted. Yeah. yeah I, might, he's... I might be gay out now. And he does the voice of uh, Joe Swanson in Family. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, that's and why. So I meet him and I'm talking to him and I hear wow. his voice and I'm like, oh, it's that guy. And then behind us, I see Chad Smith, the drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, walk through the door. And like Dennis Quaid is there. And what the fuck? Like I, and so this is backstage at this gig. Like, and I'm fucking, I'm on this trip that I bought on a whim just cause. And I've ended up in like the Hollywood Hills at this fucking like exclusive gig. Uh, which is for a charity benefit and everyone in the actual audience is like millionaires and shit that just like that just don't care they just splash it around and so it was like auctions and all this stuff and just like I don't know it's just crazy it was just weird and so this night I was just kind of sucked into this vortex of like proper Hollywood and they've got their little room where they're doing whatever and there's I don't know, it's just like you look around, it's like, oh, that guy from that band, and that, that thing, and that thing, and I don't know, it was just fucking weird. Yeah. It was just really bizarre. Yeah, and that was just, that was probably the peak of my trip, I guess. We had fun with Wanderers, we did some shows, and had some other things go down, and this guy wants to work with us, and he produced that song, um, fuck, uh, Waterfalls, TLC. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Great song. And then he's like a fan of the band, and he's wearing our socks, and... I know this. This was like a you ten, got socks for this minutes? was like a ten minute brag. I'm sorry, but this this like no, it's a good story. I wouldn't call it a brag. I just I try to fi- I try to fit everything that happened, like all the all the highlights in. There's so much shit I've missed out. Mm. But this was a month. <sighs> so this is a month in America. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I hope I can make something happen. I hope I can have a good time. And I guess after a month of being there, and and that's everything up and down for like me being on the fucking side of the road, having no money, not knowing where I'm gonna stay. Meeting an Aussie bloke, him putting me up for two nights. Getting your gear stolen. Getting my hat. We had our equipment stolen. Mm. Yes, dude. I can't. I, I need to equipment. Yeah, yeah I can write. Gear a, can also be drugs, <laughs> but it was equipment. I could write a novel on what I did in that one month. Yeah. So I can even imagine living there, man. Like <laughs> you know, imagine actually, because like I go to talk to Keith. I'm talking the Atlas Genius guys, and like the little things that they just say in passing. That I'm just like, wait, stop, wait, who? Who were you with? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool, 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 cool. You know, it's just like for that, it just, it just becomes, it's, it's so just, every, it's, it's every day that this shit's going down. Did, that was a weird sound. Was that Siri? Yeah, I reckon. Anyway. Was it your phone? Maybe. Well, my phone's on silent though. I don't know. Anyway, it was just, it was just weird to, yeah, I guess like it would just be so normal if you were there all the time, mm. you know. Going um, into a place and just running into whoever and seeing it all go down. Yeah. But then the next thing is to try and... Uh, that was the difference with this night, with that gig um, that I went to where all those cats were there. It was The cool thing about that was that I, was, I wasn't I was like in the crowd just kind of gawking. Like I was I was there being introduced to them all by this guy who... Was this we're, we're gonna Now this other guy, Martin, we're oh. going to do some work together. This is, I can't... It's a confusing story. I haven't worked out how to tell it properly yet. Yeah, well, just keep telling it. It's, no, I'm, I'm done. That's but, what I do. That's what I do with my jokes is I don't know where the punchline is, but if I keep telling the story, or I, know, or, I'll eventually... I fucking... just... I don't know where to start. I just... I went there on a whim and I had the most incredible trip. Mm. Like, the, uh, it's far surpassed anything I could imagine. That's great. And I, I hear a lot of people rag on LA and say they don't like it there. And 
Um, I've, I've, I've fucking there. loved LA. I've, like, uh, I just, because I can just not, picture my career just thriving in LA, you know? I think my, my issues with LA um, have just been, I've always, I've always been around the wannabes, but the wannabes act like they're better than There me, is a lot of that there. Which is, um, which has been where I, I've found my distaste for it is because I haven't made it in anything. Um, well, basketball to an extent, but like, but I don't treat people like that. Yeah. And then I've been around these wannabes who are, oh, what do you win? Oh, nothing. Well, don't be a cunt to me. You know, yeah. that's what, so, but I like, that doesn't make me sh- like right off LA, but I have had some pretty bad experiences. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think I just got lucky and it was, it's that thing of who, you know, as well. It was really lucky. I was really grateful to have those, um, Atlas genius guys put me up and like introduced me to, to the scene. Cause that's dope. like, I didn't end up just stuck walking down Hollywood Boulevard, looking at the fucking stars. stars. You know, like doing, yeah. I didn't end up doing any touristy things. And I, I got to, but that's just I, got, I got to go straight shit. to those clubs that, that, you know, that those people go to, you know, I didn't just kind of Google, where do you go? Like, it's mm. like them saying, hey, this is where we hang and there's all whiskey bars and shit. And that's dope. That's, that's what you want, man. That's yeah. what you want. You don't want to do the touristy shit. You want those oh, that's, well, that's what I wanted. Experiences. And, yeah. And yeah. a lot of that was to do with yeah, Keith and the, the Atlas guys. And then what, what happened afterwards was coming off the back of the fact that Wanderers were playing there too. But yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal. I, yeah. We were meant to be back there like in a couple of weeks. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Well, last night we were supposed to go on our holiday to Europe. Yeah, so it's all so it's all changed. It's all crazy. Hey, we're here doing a podcast so, now. Yeah, winning, winning. That's a skill <laughs> I haven't mastered with podcasting yet. Is um, sometimes people get on a roll with a story, and there there'll be five bits that come up, and I want to question all of those. I don't know whether to interrupt each time. I or think wait I think, and I think you can. I think you can. Yeah. I think I'm judging by what I've. I think that. That's what like Marin does and mm. Joe Rogan. The, the, those are basically the two podcasts I listen to. That and Case Files. Oh, <laughs> oh mate, man, I love a murder mystery. Are you watching Tiger King? Oh yeah, I've started watching it. Yeah, two yeah. episodes in. Yeah. yeah, we're I think we're I think we're four, maybe <clears throat> five, and it is. Oh man, it's this, so good. I, my thing is, so if you've got big cats, you can have as many sexual partners as you want without anyone being mad. But the other thing is that, like, cat people—that's a thing, right? Mm. People with cat, little cats in the house, like they're crazy. Mm. But you make the size of those cats ten times bigger. Ten times crazy. Ten times crazy. It's true. Like big cat people are fucking nuts. Yeah. My but in that same way that cat people are nuts, like it's like weird. Yeah. Like the cat—it's like the cat people thing, just turbo exaggerated yeah. to big fucking cats. And my missus wants a cat, and I will not stand for it. But <laughs> oh. Speaking of your story and my missus, she, um, on our first ever date, our date, well, she came, I met her out and she came over to my house the next day and we were just, um, hanging out, talking and, um, we just got into this accidental, like story topping thing. And um, <laughs> she said something, I said something, she says something, I said something, and then she goes, okay, well, I've got a helicopter. <laughs> Which I thought was fucking hilarious. And she might have fucking sealed the deal. Did on you that say one. that made me laugh so hard, I nearly fell off my dinosaur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout out to Step Brothers. Um, yeah, oh, it. back to Blues Brothers. 
Yes. So who's in that? Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. Right, and they the two thousands a remake or three thousand two thousand. Oh yeah, it, and it was two thousand because it was called Blues Brothers two thousand. But the the original Blues Brothers, it was it came off of a Saturday Night Live skit. And I love I love Belushi. And I'll yeah, so Belushi and Aykroyd had this um, duo. Yeah, they had they had the Blues Brothers as an act on mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live right. already. It was like already a bit that they did. And so once they scored the Blues Brothers thing and they got this like blockbuster budget and all this stuff up and they actually left Saturday Night Live to do it. Yeah. And fuck man, it's a good, you got to, you got to watch, if I you've only seen the 2000 then you've got to watch, I've got to see the original. Like, fucking James Brown's in it, Aretha Franklin's in it. Oh shit. Um, yeah, it's so good man. Would you, would you ever score a movie? Is that a gig that you would like to be offered or? Score a movie? You mean like write the music for a movie? Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. I'd love yeah. to do something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly up for anything, like, um, musically. It's, and it's something that's going to be challenging, too. That's that's why I do jump around and write on different instruments and try different things, because I kind of get bored of doing the things I already know how to do. Mm. And I don't think that challenge you, challenges you. And so maybe even changing stylistically or genre-wise. And that's why it's, it's... When people aren't understanding of bands evolving and changing, it's like they... You know, they listen so to it. it's like you listen to that band, and it's like well, it happened a lot with with rock and with punk rock because bands get more refined the better they get. Like they get better at writing, they get more intricate with what they do, and I think people love they love the hairiness of the original, like the old school shit. Yeah, they love how hairy it was. Like how the get the recordings are kind of garage. They just did what they could. You know, they they were shitter at musicians and shitter writers, and that was kind of the charm of the whole thing mm. so people get a bit butthurt when their bands act, when the bands they love actually start getting better <laughs> it's yeah. like well, it's this weird thing we want we want old Kanye is a uh, thing I see a lot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well I mean I understand that because, yeah. because yeah. new Kanye is uh, hanging out with the evangelical priests and shit I, I get I get that I haven't been a Kanye fan for uh, probably since Watch the Throne or something that's the one he did with Jay Z yeah Anyway, um, I've got a game for you. Cool. This is for charity. I've got five <clears throat> questions here. Each question is worth $10 if you get it correct. Cool. Maximum of $50 to the charity of your choice. Do you want to pick a charity now or when we're I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to do this. Mm. Yeah, there's a... Is it Beyond Blue? Beyond Blue. Let's do that. Less work for me. Hill. They are already a uh, supported charity by the Welcome to the Potty podcast. Um... Now I've called this, uh, since you're such a fan of Triple J, I've called this game Hottest 100. Cool, great, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Triple J, you know. I didn't say that, I said since you love it so much. They're <laughs> <laughs> just not playing music for me anymore. I'm a 30 year old guy, you need to be like fucking 19, doing, right. doing fucking shoeys. Oh man, I've never done a shoey. Yeah, well don't, you're too old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alright, so five questions. Question number one. Who, what song uh, was the number one on the Hottest 100 this year? <laughs> oh, oh no. Was it Dance Monkey? Yeah, was it? it was Dance Monkey, wasn't it? It was supposed to be Dance Monkey, but then... Well, oh no, it would have been a Billie Eilish song. Can you name it? No, I don't know how to name any of her songs. I'll give you $5 for getting Billie Eilish. Okay, I got Billie Eilish. Uh, it was Bad Guy by cool. Billie Eilish. Um, and I think that song goes like this. Here's, here's the riff. This, this is, is what, exposing how old I am. This is what she would have done 
um, if she's driving a car and she came up the roof. Bow, 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 Ah, cool. Yeah. That's just, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 I don't know. I, I, you know what? I, I have watched interviews with her though. Mm-hmm. So I've not even listened to her music, but I just, I love what, like hearing her talk. I love, she seems pretty dope. She's, she's, she's a fucking badass. Mm, and she's yeah. young. And I, usually young people make me, <laughs> this is an old, know, this is how you know I'm old. Cause I was about to say, usually young people make me mad. <laughs> but I'm kind of vigilant of like, uh, I'm kind of vigilant of how people use their power. Mm-hmm. So even if I don't like someone's music or I don't listen to their music, I am still intrigued with trying to understand how they interact with their fans. Mm. So like with Billy, I think I did have a night where I just sat there and like watched a few different interviews and cause people, you know, love it. They fucking love her. And it's not one of those times where they love her for all the wrong reasons. They love her for the right reasons. She's fucking good. Yeah. She's great. And she's sending the right message out to her fans too, which is important. She's not one of the ones out there just, oh yeah, she's, it's, she's uh, promoting like happy and safe, like body image and, mm. Um, speaking about anxieties and you know the sort of stuff that I think these kids need to know more about shout out to Billie Eilish yeah and um, she probably fits in a little bit to Beyond Blue the supported charity so far five dollars towards Beyond Blue and let's see what we can do here question number two what is the most played Red Hot Chili Peppers song on Spotify it'd either be Under the Bridge or Give It Away you're going to have to choose one of them because I'm not just going to be throwing away money for for double answers. Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge is correct. Now, you know what I would have said? What? Californication, which is yeah. the number two. Is it? Right, yeah. there you go. Where did you give it away then? Uh, I only looked... Well, I looked at the top five, but I can only remember the top two. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> what is the measure, the measurement... Of the heat that comes from actual chili peppers that you eat. Do you know the name of that measure? Oh, yeah. Scour level or something. Isn't it called like a... It's a word like that. It starts with an S or something. It does it? start with an S, but like what? <laughs> Do I give you $10 for that? I can, I can maybe give you $2. <laughs> the scour factor, the scout. It's like, you know It why? does start with an SC. You know why? Because I... I did, I had a friend's wedding recently mm. in Melbourne and I went back afterwards and like the, the bride, his brides, like they've obviously gone back, they're doing their thing. So I'm hanging out with his bride's brother, so Phoebe's brother. And we'd only just kind of met in those couple of days. I was the best man and mm. so I was a bit involved. And then I, I got back to, to their place and he was cooking up toasties. And uh, he was with his boyfriend and they were cooking up toasties. His boyfriend went to bed and I said, he's like, you want a toasty? okay cool no worries he's like just do you like hot things I'm like yeah sure yeah he's, cool. he's like cool I'll put some Tabasco in I'm like Tabasco no worries yeah easy peasy easy peasy so I'm eating it and I start I was, <laughs> and I'm trying to like not make it obvious because I'm like this guy really likes hot food and I've said that Tabasco is fine so mm. I don't want to make it obvious but this shit was burning my fucking face off right and I've had Tabasco so I'm like e- this is there's something wrong here and so, and, and he gave me the one that he was making. So he hadn't eaten it yet. So he thought I, he could see, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like, this is a, you know, this is pretty fucking hot. And he could see that I was reacting and yeah. I could see in his face, the disappointment that I was freaking out over Tabasco. But this was all before he realized 
that this wasn't normal Tabasco. It was like scorpion, this scorpion Tabasco. This mm. is, it's 50 on the, it's rated 50 on the scale that we're trying to think of. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're trying to think of. That I'm trying to think of. Yeah. And it's probably higher than 50 just quietly because the, the numbers on this scale are quite large. Yeah, well, all I know is like normal Tabasco is quite... Well, then it's not the same scale, but uh, normal Tabasco is like five or some ten. Mm. It's like low. This thing was like at least ten or twenty times hotter. And um, and it was, and then I Googled it and it's the second hottest in the world, supposedly. And that, so... The that, source that you had. Yeah. And so they, and they bought it in Mexico when they were over oh. there and they had it in the cupboard and he saw it and thought, oh, Tabasco, didn't he? Like, he ignored the fact that the label was black, not red like it normally is. Was this a drunk night, like following a wet up, following the Yeah, wedding? well, you would have, we, no, this is like the night, you know, I get back, like he'd been back at the house for a little bit. I was stayed back at the wedding, did some more stuff, cleaned up and whatever. Yeah. And so I got back there and, and then, so I'm eating it. I'm like, I, I managed to eat half this sandwich and my fucking face was burning off, man. So bad. And then he finally finished his and started eating it. And then, then finally, it just, there was this divine moment where he realized that I wasn't tripping. <laughs> that I wasn't just freaking out over Tabasco, yeah. you know? Uh, I don't know. Was, I just thought it was funny. But yeah, I looked at the source. It was Scorpion Tabasco. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know what that is on the scale. Fuck! It's the... Scour. Uh, I thought it was Scour. I'll, I'll give you $3 because you got the first three le- the three letters correct. Yeah, what's... Scoville. Scoville! Oh, I wasn't going to get that. Um, and yeah, usually it's in like thousands. So maybe Tobacco's like 5,000 or something, which is low. Tobacco. Oh, yeah, sorry, you yeah. Get, you can get like 2 well, million. Well, this one would have been like 50,000 then. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Because you can get like 2 million, which is like hot. Oh, okay. Well, this wasn't... Which I've second, never had. This wasn't the second hottest in the world then, but... Yeah, but uh, I'll give you $3. That's that, one of those things I want to look up a fact for. I want to, I want to have a fact for you. <laughs> anyway, look, it's up, all unsourced look up Scorpion Tabasco. Work out whether I'm fucking soft or whether that shit is hot as fuck. Number f- question number three of Hottest 100 is more of a statement. Name a supermodel. Well, I don't know, I don't know when, it, when someone gets to a point of being a supermodel. Name one. Megan Blake Irwin. Irwin. Megan Blake. She was. She was. I thought you might even know who she. She is. She was like, from. Um, I don't know. She, I just feel like she was at all the same high school parties as us and all that kind of thing. She's over. Oh really? IMG. I I dare say she. At which point? How do you just? I don't know. Well, it's all on Saucer at the Welcome to the Potty Podcast, and I'll give you $9 just because I'm not quite sure, but I'll give you $9 for that question. She's got like hundreds of thousands of followers on her things, and she does probably. all the fucking she's probably Louis Vuitton bloody... Louis Vuitton, she's probably a supermodel. Um, I'll give you $9, though. Uh, don't, quote, don't quote me on any of that, but she was a friend of mine through school, and she's just killing it over there. Final question. It's Dark and Hell is Hot is an album by who? I don't know. I've never heard of that. DMX. DM. Oh, right. Yeah. There you go. You ask uh, hard questions. Are you just trying really hard not to not to give money to charity? That's or? $27, to be honest with you. $27. Ask easy questions, man. Dude, I always ask easy questions. And Let's go. Five more. I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the... Ready. I don't have five more prepared. Well, make some up. I don't... Um, I like this game. I just don't like the... You know, I just... I, you know, I, I don't like losing and I, I just feel like I've lost, so I need more questions to even it out. No, Jamie's out. I had these guys on my show, uh, Shad and Pete, right? Because they had a fringe show called Shad and Pete Save the World. Right. 
And the poster was their faces photoshopped onto a couple of the Avengers. Cool. Um, because of the Save the World thing, right? And their, their show was about... Um, you, you go in as a person watching the show and you write your problems on post-it notes and they pull post-it notes out randomly, solve the problem. Cool. Um, so I had these guys on the show and I had all Marvel questions. And they... <laughs> no, and so and they're just like, oh, fuck. Like, hopefully we don't have a Marvel crowd to our show because we don't know anything about Marvel. I did five pretty... like pr- I went pretty deep to find the, the questions. And uh, they got, I think they got five out of five or four out of five. Oh, that's or pretty good. Yeah. That's good. So I was like, so I, I've got to make them a little bit harder, the questions, because I've been, you know, I've been that's fucking right. pissing money. I mean, charity is good. <laughs> 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 hey, like, uh, hold on, hold on, though. It's, you know, coronavirus. Man, I'm fucking, I'm streaming gigs from my lounge room to make money at the moment. Mm, right? Well, I had, I, I honestly reckon I've lost about $20,000 in gigs. In three weeks. Well, it's not three weeks, but they've cancelled six months worth or whatever, you know. Oh, they've cancelled in advance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I don't know when the gigs are going to come back. Oh, we'll never know. Well, well I mean, like, they're, they're saying that, like, it's possibly six months for, like, uh, commercial places, like restaurants and bars and pubs to, to be closed. If that's the case, that's six months, which is more than 20 grand. Mm. So that'll be, yeah, it could be 30, 40,000, I don't know. Yeah, that's brutal. A lot of, a lot of worth of gigs down the can... And that's like weddings and corporates tours, man. We were going to, with Wanderers, we were going to go and play these shows. And we were going to play the Metro Theater in Sydney in front of like 1,300 people. Was that a corporate or was that No, a this is like skip? opening for this guy, Corey Henry. He's got a band called the Funk Apostles and he was playing at Blues Fest. Um, he's, he's incredible. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Like he would, he would be one of the best keyboard players on the planet and... Um, like gospel, like church. Grew up in the church, so you see this guy on like like an or like a church organ, mm. do this shit. But then he's doing soul music, like James Brown kind of wow. funk stuff. So good. Um, and so we're looking for those. If we were in Melbourne and Sydney with him, and 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 his band. It's like you could look around the band and be like, oh, that's that guy plays with whoever, and that plays with Tori Kelly and Beyonce. I don't know. Like, it's just like this caliber of session musicians that like. You know, they play with him and then they play with anyone you've heard of. Like, mm. it's like big, it's like heavy stuff. So I was nervous about it because we we're going to be opening for, you know, with these guys from Adelaide going to be opening with literally some of the, some of the world's best musicians <coughs> we're going to be opening No, it's for. good. But, um, but yeah, so those shows are gone, can, mm. and they were huge to, to land. We were stoked about that one. And obviously the album recording, um, which we we're planning on doing too. So yeah, it's it's been, yeah. But at the same time, I didn't think about it too much. Like now I'm, I almost think it happened for a reason because I, I get to like, well, personally for me, that stuff will going that way. Like I get to, I get to just keep writing more and I could write a whole nother album. And I could yeah. kind of go back to the drawing board and, you know, cause I felt like things were being a bit rushed as it was. So I guess if there's a silver lining to all of it, the glass half full is that, man, it's, isn't it nice? Like, uh, Everybody kind of just gets to like take a break for a minute. Like it's forced and it sucks. People are like not making money and that sort of thing. But the th- like families are going to be um, coming closer together yeah. through this period or the opposite. They're going to see that it's fucked and that they need to, you know, not do that. Mm. <laughs> like it's going to force people to actually just look in the mirror and just sort their shit out. I think. 
Because there's nothing you, there's nothing wrong hard for me. You can't just go, oh, I don't want to do that thing, so I'm going to go out and get fucked up with my friends. Because mm. it's avoidance becomes much more difficult when you've watched everything on Netflix and yeah. Stan that exists. Maybe like you, there's no more avoidance. Demons. People are actually going <clears> to <throat> finally confront the shit they need to. Mm. I think, um, and which and part of that will be people reassessing their priorities, what they're looking at as far as the their political views and like perhaps they're you know maybe they might be questioning things mm. at a time like this hopefully maybe you hope so I don't know I just think it's that's the glass half full version of what's going on is that everyone's going to actually have a moment like a forced moment to take a look at shit yeah and like just go back to the drawing board yeah and sh- and, and wipe their wipe their assholes with their bare hands <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I actually had you know those like uh, well those those fucking have you like cooking dinner you got the that big white roll what's the well, I can't even think of that word paper towels paper towels <laughs> how strong is this man um <laughs> I'll tell you uh this is 40% cool yeah right on yeah so I haven't drank that much um um paper towels I actually crammed a whole paper towel roll onto my toilet roll holder the other day oh yeah they're not you're not supposed to flush paper towels yeah, no, I'm, I'm real careful with how I go about that. Okay. I mean, I don't do that at all. <laughs> well, it's your... Hey, you've lost you've lost gigs. You're going to have to pay for the plumber, so just, just... Well, there's no fucking toilet paper anyway. What the fuck? I don't know. I'd... Why is it people go like, oh, fuck, the world's ending. Everyone's hey, dying of a virus. Hey, Better get some toilet paper. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just letting you know you're going to have to get a plumber at some stage. Yeah, well, you probably got a room full of toilet paper around here. You're just like one of those smug people who fucking bought it all up. Hey, well, I don't... Uh, yeah, you, you seem like a toilet paper rich motherfucker. I don't need to disclose my <laughs> toilet paper situation. But You're I'll doing you right fine. Now, but I'm fine. Oh, mate. Well, you better give me a couple of rolls. We've got a bidet. you got a bidet. What? No, we don't. I oh, wish mate. I did. But I'm I supposed to be know. in Europe right now using bidets right now. <laughs> Instead, I'm here doing fucking drinking Buffalo Trace. Hey, well, at the end of the at the end of the day, we're having a good time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> snuck a dad joke in. Got it, got it. Um, what do you want to plug? Probably not gigs. Um, maybe you Instagram. Know what? If you want, if you want to help live, me, live. if you want to help me survive, you can add me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I only do it for my personal page. I don't really have like a. I do, I do have like a solo page but I, it's just weird to navigate mm-hmm. if, you, if you've got a band and then you've got a solo thing it's like confusing to people so I just post shit I make it public I post it from my personal page yep and that's when I Dusty when I, Lee Stevenson S-E-N yeah when I do live streams and that sort of thing and so I'd sit there in my lounge room I set up my whole PA system like a gig and I'd play for like two hours yeah did you have fun um, <laughs> did you have fun on the Festival, uh, space, the Space Jams last weekend. Oh, yeah, how'd you go? You did a set, didn't you? Oh, I'll never know how. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you don't know if people were laughing or not. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, uh, that's that's the whole thing. I didn't post the video because I was like, it's a fe- it's a, a festival. Yes, it's free, but if you didn't tune in for the live, then fuck you. So I didn't post it. So I never got to see any comments or anything. So I don't I don't know what people thought. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I got the most views I've ever got going live. Yeah. And I got like 11 new followers. That's so good. That was pretty dope. Fuck, maybe it was really good. I want to see I want to see some footage of you doing your thing or just see an actual... 
Yeah, well, I mean, well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do I'll do that thing that comedians say. Do a bit now. Do, 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 yeah, yeah. Just do a joke now. Just oh, like, do it now. What are your jokes <laughs> about? <laughs> so this one time. <laughs> no, well, you. the thing is, what makes it difficult is you've got gigs at night, I've got shows at night. So yeah. well, What's that people saying to me? Oh, yeah, oh, there's a guitar here. Like, yeah. Mm. Play a song. Yeah. Like, why, why? Like, who, who do I have to prove something to? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a musician. Believe me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a thing. Just fucking Google me. Like, it's yeah. it's fine. If you want to hear me play music, there's there's plenty of shit out there. I don't yeah. have to do it right now around this fucking campfire. Campfire. If yes. I feel like it, I will, though. Like, I bet, like uh, after that wedding, that same night after, my face got burnt off. And later on, I was sitting there with the guitar, and there, there, we were all sitting around the lounge room, and it was this real beautiful this beautiful time of like, normally it's a real negative thing for me when people are asking for songs and they're like, I'll do this and do that. And it's like, it feels a bit like you're being violated. Yeah. You know, cause you're sitting there with the guitar and it's normally like Chad and his mates just asking for Wonderwall. And, uh, but this was like a beautiful thing that people that I loved and uh, they wanted to hear some of my songs and it was like a private kind of performance, which kind of came out of nowhere, which normally feel a bit icky, like a bit wanky mm-hmm. to me. Or a bit forced, but this was really natural. So it, it can it can happen in that way too. Um, yeah, and it's special when it does. But yeah, it can't just be like dance monkey. Yeah, people don't understand that because they're not in that situation. Yeah, but um, <sighs> Dusty Lee Stevenson, Dusty Lee Stevenson. Um, that's with a PH. Yeah, um, PH Stevenson <laughs> with a SEM. Who's this? Oh, holy shit! Oh, that's uh, Saint Jeff of Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, follow him. Go tip, do tips when he posts a link. Tip. Oh tip yeah, my band, uh, my band's Wanderers. Wanderers. That's the, yeah. Get, get on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. It helps with the algorithms. Yep. Um, follow well, and listen and put and it on repeat. If you have listen. To. That's the main thing. I don't care if you follow. Especially um, off my back. That's my favorite song for sure. Right on. Um, and you can you know what you know what to do. Repost, like. Share, rate and review. You know what it is. Welcome to the potty. Just don't fact check. No fact check, and it's all on social media. Welcome fact to the check. potty podcast. This is Welcome to the Potty with Dusty Lee Stevenson, and as always, bum bum. <laughs> Baby, welcome to. Baby, welcome to.